Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. To our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being with us here for episode number 153 here on Monday, November the 11th, 2019. We are here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling yet again. I'm Joe Morata. That is Mr. Rockhouse, Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Uh, howdy, howdy, Rockhouse. Mr. Yo. Rockhouse over here. Quinn, how's it going? We are uh, here halfway into November, just about. It's almost time for turkey. Uh, turkey time. Yes, yes and, uh, uh, the Survivor Series is upon us soon. Yes, it is, and uh, we will be stuffing you uh, with some... Uh, <laughs> Every right- year with this, huh? Like, we just can't get <laughs> we past can't help this. ourselves. Yeah. I have to have a second helping here of the uh, retro wrestling <laughs> goodness here. Uh, thank you, as always, for being with us. If it's your first time romping through the world of retro wrestling with us uh stay tuned you're in for quite a ride here a rock house really (laughs) and we'll get to that later yeah Uh, quite a rock house here but before we get to any of that why don't you rock on over to twitter at ovp podcast you can follow us there we have a lot of clips uh some common stuff some less common stuff all sorts of things all kinds of stuff over on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Just like our Donovan's house like, Just like on Thanksgiving, right? That's correct. Yeah. Uh, you can also email us if you use the long form email. That's OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPPodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the best place to talk about Survivor Series, Turkey Rock House is over on our Facebook group. Yep. It's uh, <laughs> Facebook.com slash Rock House, baby. Of course it is. It's a hot site um, where there's all sorts of Rock House music. It's really amazing. It's, it's yes. amazing how this whole thing works, really. And, and I'm going to explain it to you. Please do. There's a search bar okay. on, on the Facebook.web search site. Rock House. Search site, yes. Um, you type in our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast. Bing, bang, boom, kaflui, Rock House. Right, of um, course. And, and Gore. Don't don't forget about him. Al Gore. And then, boom, it just it works. You're in. You, you hit the join. join button, and you're in. The operators are standing by. We uh, Did we get donuts for them yet? No. No. Okay. And we didn't get them chairs either. They're still standing. <laughs> not standing sitting. room only, I That's guess. Right. SRO signs going yeah. up over on Facebook. But what you can do there, the reason why you want to join that group, is because we talk about like weird trivia things, like you know, weird, weird discussion, good weird ones, like the one about what is Doc Hendricks supposed to be? I love questions what like even that. Is he? Exactly. You know, yeah. why is all my children so weird? Exactly. Yeah. And we're not going to get mad at you, and no one in the group will, because they've agreed to the rules. Uh, but, you know, getting mad at you for a, your opinion differing about wrestling, it doesn't mean we don't have disagreements. It doesn't mean we don't have debate it doesn't mean any of that but you're not a jerk if you like something that we don't or vice versa right but feel free to post it anyway post it anyway it's great yeah. do it go to our facebook group like quinn said facebook.com slash rock house and yeah. uh, believe me that joke will pay off later on don't in the wait show. in spades yeah <laughs> it better be in yeah. spades the ace of spades <laughs> that what the thing is? Well, Motorhead is yeah. a rock house band, yeah. 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 So, there you go. Anyway, really, though, uh, we're not high or we're not drinking alcohol. This is just really how we are. I'm drinking a Coke. <laughs> I'm drinking seltzer. Yeah. Not White Claw. Go to our Facebook group. You won't regret it. If you like talking about old wrestling, it could be WWF, it could be anything, and some new stuff, too. The obscure and the common stuff. Go to our Facebook group. It really is a fun time. It's the only Facebook group where you can say WF and yeah. everyone knows what we you We say mean. WF. Yeah. 
Now, also, if you like extra OVP, maybe you are been a listener for a while, maybe you're a first time, long time, whatever the case may be, try out the Patreon. Just try it if you have a couple of bucks because the the max tier is five. That's it. Five a month. That's it. That's the most you'd ever pay. Right. So if you like OVP, you want to support what we do, you want pay-per-view reviews, you want live 1983 reviews, commentaries, all sorts of stuff, $5 a month is the max. Same same price as uh, Apple TV Plus. (laughs) So there you go. We're we're competing, baby. There you it, go. It, you could either get Apple TV Plus or OVP Patreon. Right. I mean, five dollars mm-hmm. a month. That's it. You choices, get- choices. <laughs> exactly. Quinn. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We'll have a little more info on that later. But Quinn, all season long, we've been doing a what I find to be a very nice segment. In all seriousness, because rather than do a thing, you know, to open it where we're going to say how bad stuff is, and we like to do that, we believe me, we have a whole segment dedicated to what's bad. You know, the royal flush. Right. We're going to do uh, something where we appreciate the mid card. We've heard of the mid card. Yeah, it's a it's a good place where you can fight for um, TV titles right, and, and intercontinental titles. Title. Those kind of belts. These are the people that have not main evented regularly in their career. It doesn't mean they never main evented ever. Right, like we talked about Davy Boy Smith last week. Some people, you know, you get a shot here and there. Get a but, little run. But nothing serious. You usually you just relegate right back to yep, in the middle. Yeah. You're not, you're <laughs> Shitsville. Near parts unknown. Yeah. Uh, you're not quite a jobber. You know, you win a lot. You right. have feuds. You matter. But you're a mid-carder. Tito Santana kicked off the segment. Like I said, we did Davy Boy Smith last week. So, Quinn, let's all find out who we have this week for our OVP salute. Just here to the mid card. No, he's not. He's Every a- time I hear that music, I'm just like, "Who wants to be a millionaire?" He's at SummerSlam '88. Yeah, Quinn, this was my pick. Actually, you wanted to do someone that had wrestled in the WCW. The WCW. The mid card was very good over there, and this person wrestled in both. And this would be Johnny B. Bad, also known, of course, as the Wild Man, Mark Morrow. Yeah. Now it's really funny, actually. I, you know, we bring him up. I think something interesting to say here is, do you think of him more as Johnny B. Bad, or do you think of him more as Mark Mara, or Miro, that's or whatever opening, Michael Cole called him? That's your opening salvo to me? Yeah. I think that's right. like, cause that's like the first thing about him, his name. And he did about each for almost an equal amount of time. Almost. Right, yeah. I generally, let me put it this way. I think of him either as Johnny B. Bad or Marvelous Mark Marrow. Marvelous. But I okay. don't Not generally, because it was brief, you know? Yeah. So let's do his career real quick. Mark Marrow, you know, you might have heard of him before if you watched either promotion in the night. He's there like all of the 90s. Yeah, and he's in both of them. So yep. if you're a fan of one or the other, you've, you've, you've run across you've, him. You've run across this man. He was also in TNA for a bit in the yeah. 2000s, but you like know. Like a second. He a was like on his way were. out. Who cares? So Mark Merrow uh, actually got into wrestling in 1991. He had been an amateur boxer, Golden Gloves right. champion, I believe, in mm-hmm. some category. Golden Gloves, that's amateur punk stuff. Amateur punk stuff? You don't get paid for that, do you? No. It's amateur punk oh, stuff. please. He entered WCW in 91 uh, as a heel, which not a lot of people talk about, but he was actually a heel for about I a year I never knew what he was. He was a connoisseur of sailor caps. Well, uh, he... he <laughs> some weird pop guns and now, stuff now with the name johnny be bad right? right it obviously evokes the famous chuck berry song johnny be good now i always thought he had more of a little richard kind of look but that was the thing i was just yeah. gonna say but they portrayed him as a very effeminate when he was a heel especially little richard clone oh hush teddy rip it up rock it up shake it up flying brian it's gonna be a blessing to teach you a lesson because i'm gonna kick your booty with my two-day fruit 
uh, managed by Teddy Long uh, when he was a heel. Right. But by the end of 92, he turned face. So the heel run was very brief. But even early in the, that, even in the face run, right? Yep. He was more the guy that hung out with Missy Hyatt at the swimsuit yeah, contest and less the wrestler. With the bad blaster confetti yeah, gun yeah. and all that stuff. And he was just like the, the crowd pleaser. He'd come out like in the first match. It's like, oh, confetti. And, like, every, and everyone's all happy. They're like, oh, I can get something for free because everyone likes free <laughs> shit. So. Right. So has he had a very mid-card career in 1991, 92 into 93. He had a feud with Scotty Flamingo. He had a boxing oh, yeah. match with him, notably. A DDP was Scotty Flamingo's corner man. Which is very interesting. Yeah, when you because think of we, later. we'll we'll address that that in yep. WCW. Yes, and a few with Max Payne, uh, Man Mountain Rock in '93 right. that was pretty well received. But it was really about, I'd say, I'd wager around 1994 when he really started to come into his own as a more serious wrestler. They they toned down the flamboyance a real lot by '94. Right, he became more like the consummate wrestler, the the guy always going after the TV belt. Yep, and if not the TV, the U.S. He was also involved Sometimes, in that yeah. scene. Yeah, but a little bit more heavy on the TV. More, a little heavier on I the think TV. He's remembered on the TV, right? From making Georgia, weighing two hundred and thirty-six pounds, the world television champion Johnny And it was around that time, now a few years into his career, that he really started to establish himself as, like you said, consummate wrestler. This guy is a solid wrestler. The fans are into him. The gimmick was over. The crowd was always very behind him. Huh? Yes. He, and it's weird, too, to me, because of how he started. He was a little kind of an awkward character. I Intentionally. could never really figure out what he was. I think and that was the point. And then all of a sudden, it was just like, I would buy a t-shirt of that guy. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, uh, he, go, go, Johnny, be bad. Like, right, go, Johnny, go. Yeah, go, Johnny, go. <laughs> like, you know, but seriously, it's just all of a sudden, you kind of just got behind him, right? Right. And, and you just wanted him to beat those stupid heels. And he did beat some of those stupid heels. He won his uh, first TV title in, uh, I believe it was Halloween Havoc 1994. And he uh, eventually lost that to Arn Anderson. But he re-entered the TV title scene. He kind of stayed in it. And he won it from DDP towards the end of 95. Right. Which was the highlight let's, of Bad's run in w- WCW. Let's cover this for a minute here. Because this is the feud to me that made him a star enough that even the WF wanted him. Yes, go um, ahead. So he begins to feud with Diamond Dallas Page, who, you know what was great about this feud? Is DDP himself had build up going into it. Yes. Where he starts hanging out with Kimberly slash the Diamond Doll, and all of a sudden he's rich and shit. And right? Max Muscle, don't and forget. Max Muscle, he's got his own personal bodyguard. There's skits with the golf, and then Kimberly's grabbing the bag. Sure. All this shit. And he had come off the Dave Sullivan feud. The Dave the Sullivan feud. Yeah, so, yeah, so now he's going after the TV title and yep. shit. He eventually gets the belt. Mm-hmm. He acts like a complete asshole <laughs> for like a long ass time. Yes, he does. Now, meanwhile, you have Johnny B. Bad here. Everyone loves Johnny B. Bad. Yep. I don't know. I, as a fan at the time, I know this sounds really stupid and I know they didn't really hint at it, but maybe right. they did. And I just didn't get it as a kid. But I was like, man, I wish Don- Johnny B. Bad was with the Diamond Doll because that Diamond Doll's page, he's such a jerk to her. <laughs> yeah, that like, was the you know angle. What I mean? That was the angle. Yeah. And so this starts to develop. And finally, you know, DDP first, I think he first lost the TV title to him. That was the first, like, that's correct. in the armor, right? That's correct, yep. So he loses the belt to Halloween him. Halloween Havoc 95. And then he's like, oh, fuck you, Johnny B. Bad. I want another title shot. And Johnny B. Bad's kind of like, I don't want to fight you again. You're, you're a big loser. And right. he's like, well, how about this? I'll put the diamond doll on the line. Correct, yep. And then and he did. And it was and, World and, War Three. Yeah, yep. and then DDP lost. That's right. Uh, and again, then, and then, <laughs> then finally, one more time, DDP's like, Yep. Okay, this is for all the marbles. Um, 
you know, Kimberly won the bingo money. Yep. But somehow I have it for reasons. Yeah, I don't know. And so here's the deal. If I win, DDP, if I win, I get Kimberly back, I get the TV title back, and all the bingo money, right? But if I lose, you get the bingo money, and that's it. Like, I, I have nothing left. And, of course, he fucking loses. Super, Super Brawl uh, 96, right. yeah, February. And- A reversal by oh. Johnny B. Bad Pile Driver. One, two, and three. Oh, no, no. Six million big ones down the drain. And out of all of this, like, man, Johnny B. Bad looked like the biggest oh, he was badass huge. in the world. Like, right? Like, at the end, he's got the money, he's got the girl, and he gave the money to the girl. I remember that at he the did. end. He yes. gave the check to her or whatever. He's a very nice man. And, like, uh, what a fucking face, right? And then he just leaves WCW That's and thing, Booty so. Man, like, replaces him, and it's terrible. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he leaves in March of 96 due to creative differences with WCW and shows up in the WWF. But what I want to say before we cover now the WWF, that feud between the two of them, that six month feud, yeah, it's one of those mid card feuds that did a lot for both guides. And I'm talking, you know, the Rock and Triple H '98 feud. Yeah, it's one of those where it's like, right, these guys was wasn't the top feud, but allowed them both to really work. The and matches really, were good. It was too. good. Yeah. yeah, the matches were good. The story was solid. Yep. I don't know why, but I there was points where I truly believe, yeah, DDP's going to get it all back. Right. Like you know what I mean? And, and it it never it. it seemed pretty obvious that the face would just win all the way through. Of course. But even so, even Johnny B. Bad just winning, he looked like a million bucks, no pun intended, Nicely even though done. he had a million bucks at the end. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know what I mean? Just a well and, done. And then it helped DDP because he was able to shed the more goofy character right. out of the end of the feud because he got thrown on the street as a bum and the whole bum shit. Yeah, that became and fun. And then DDP became like a whole a different badass. thing, yep. right? So both men come out of this like great. looking great. And meanwhile, Johnny B. Bad's got a hot contract with the World Federation right. over there. So he shows up in the World Federation, and like we said, uh, you know, he's introduced as uh, Mark Morrow at WrestleMania 12. Right, incorrectly. I'd like you to meet the wild man, Mark Morrow, ladies and gentlemen. And the wild man gimmick is basically Johnny B. Bad, but they can't call him that. So right. he's just vaguely wild well, instead of bad. Well, see, here's the thing is I always thought there was... They did emphasize the wildness. He's because, so wild. Well, because Sable was in a lion tamer s like Stop outfit, it. whatever no, that was. It's bad. With like it, a whip in it's it and the leather gimmick. or something. He's it's like, only later. He's like Tarzan. I don't know. He might be. I'm not sure. Yeah. He wasn't Johnny B. Bad, though. That was the problem. Right. I don't know. I thought it was a very generic gimmick, but they had high hopes for him. Great look. Yeah. What happened, though, is, you know, he won the IC title on that much hype, you know, a lot of hubbub. The big bub, tournament. Yeah. The tournament in yeah. September 96. Big win. I know I downplayed it when we did the rankings, right. but... And then Mr. Retro- Perfect fucks him. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Perfect fucks him. And that stupid shit. I fucking hate that. And he kind of meanders through the uh, pre-attitude attitude era that we call it. Right. Into early 97. There are hints of a heel turn already by February of 97, but he blows out his knee. Right. He is now on the shelf until October. During that period of time, his real-life wife, uh, Sable, becomes a megastar. Right. For no reason, just because she's hot, I guess. She's not talented. I mean, they just, they had her whole title cards yeah. and things. It's like, I'm here. And, yeah. you know, she actually didn't, she didn't really talk until the breakup with good. Marvelous. That's good. So, yeah. She's bad. So anyway. So when he comes back. When he comes back, now he's Mr. Boxer Man, Marvelous Marvel. I loved it. Now he shaved his head completely he to start his, with. He shaves his head completely. He's got boxing trunks on. New music. Because, okay, so here's the one thing is that was cool about that. Ever since he entered the WF, I remember always Jr. like every fucking ah, golden gloves, or, ah, you know, like I, and like I knew that was like burned into my head yep, that I he, he was like a boxing person. He was like a boxer. 
So it was very cool that he went to be like an actual boxer character. Yeah, I liked it. He had feud with Butterbean, you fat right. tub of crap yeah. or whatever it was. Because I'm going to go out there and knock out Butterbean. I'm going to go out there and destroy that fat tub of crap. And I'm going to do it right now. But this is when the Sable thing happened. And he was very instrumental in getting Sable more over. Right. His feud with her, which is, even though Vince Russo never did anything good, possibly ever, yeah. uh, he did a great job here yeah. uh, orchestrating well, this, this some of this. This all culminates. Even though Vince Russo never did right. anything good. But this, his sort of feud with ever. Sable or whatever. What's so interesting about this feud is that it's subtle, and then it starts to get more loud, like the potato sack thing, and right. then she takes it off, and the hand, you know, all that shit, right? Very but on the nose. that shit's going parallel with Sable and the and the marvelous one feuding with the artist Goldust formerly yeah, known it. as Goldust and Luna. I know we've so talked they're, about they're that, like, but oh, they're like it's a good. team, but they're not. They, like, they don't. They're reluctantly te- like Marrow's still like good enough that he's defending Sable from them. Right? He's like, I'm not going to let Goldust fuck with my girl. Right? But also, I'm going to fuck, fuck with my girl. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, you know what I mean? And I, and, you know, in a perfect world. That would have just been happy ending at WrestleMania 14. I guess there, to but, me, actually, I love the depth in it, though. No, I always like, did, too. Because I I actually like that after it was over, Sable didn't forgive. Like, it, that would have been really stupid. And he screwed they, her over, too. Yeah, like, that would have been really dumb if she was just like, oh, I love him now. Know, like, you know. know what I mean? I know. Because that would have just you're been right. Macho Man and Liz all over again. Oh, Randy. Yeah, yeah you're right about that. He does screw over. He takes on Jacqueline, uh, which leads to a lot of, hey, Sable. That's and- where ha- Sable comes from. Hey, Sable. And they wear red. He changes to yeah. red. And he just leaves at the end of 98 rather unceremoniously. Just leaves. He had time left on his contract, but Sable. Uh, was he still fucked up from the knees and all I don't that know. shit? I-, I always got the impression he was hurt. It's possible. He, I know that he made like one brief appearance in WCW in 2000, but that's nothing to write home about. And then a little bit of TNA in the 2000s. But overall, with Mark Merrow now, talking about Mark Merrow, the, the wrestler, another great guy. Definitely a mid-carter. Definitely, like, definitely mid-carter. fits. No, no question. Not like I like this whole run, actually, now that we've talked through it. It's not It's not bad at all. It's, I don't it, think it's bad at all. Yeah, I think it's, it's actually a pretty cool career to, you know, good 10 years in the business. Yeah, uh, good good wrestler. Not I'm sure amazing. Like, I'm sure he was in the territories earlier than that. He wasn't really. Oh, he was He trained in like 90 and debuted in 91 really? in WCW. So just yeah. a straight 10-year shot and good he just athlete. got out. Yep, good athlete. Yeah. Uh, did you like him as a wrestler? I like I him in the him ring. As a re- I thought he was great. And even as marvelous, I like as goofy as he was then, I still always like got a kick out of him. He looked cool, like he had a good look. And that's when he's his best on the mic. Yeah. He's funny he's as marvelous funny. Mark Merrow. He's yeah. not really anything as wild man. Yeah. I like Sable. You know, it's like all he is. He's I'm just trying wild. to be like a role model or something. <laughs> yeah, but it's you know stupid. what I mean? I know. And as Johnny B. Bad, I love him in the ring. That's yeah. his best time as a wrestler. And I've always I've always heard he was a really nice guy. I mean, you, still have, is. you have to admit. Um, for a guy to really kind of put his career on the back seat so that his wife could could really shine, I know. I mean, that's that's saying something about the man in I some mean, way, shape, or you know form. What I mean? yes. He he let his career take a back seat to let his wife, you know, become a megastar. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, the money was the same either way, right? Whether yeah. one, whoever made it, but yeah, I, guess, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. That that I don't know. There's something noble about that to me. What do you think prevented him from being a was he ever destined to be a mega main eventer? I don't I think, think it, he was. Well, honestly, I think that injury in 96 is what derailed oh. everything. I think because he, he was so popular. I remember feeling like as a, as a kid and a fan, I was like, man, wild man Mark Merrill could fight Shawn Michaels. Like, I, I, I really felt that about him. I could see that. I could see them yeah. having a good match. But do you think he had the he wasn't a five tool player? 
Right? He um, didn't have it all, Quinn, I don't think. Again, I, I have to say this. As a fan, I'm saying. I really, as a fan, yeah. I personally thought when he turned Marvelous, I thought that was going to be his... T- I'm not kidding. I really thought that was going to be his ticket to the main event. You really could have seen him being world thought, title contender? Because he had that fucking badass music. I was like, man, he could... And he had a good they, look, they too. They acted like he was a legitimate like fighter. Like so they that did. like he could handle the world they champion, did. like you know what I mean. And until they goofed him up later, but I could see him maybe getting a ro- one shot or two. But I mean, other than that, I think he's like another epitome of a like a really good '90s mid carder. Oh yeah, no, I'm not saying he isn't a great mid carder. I'm just saying that you were you asked the question, could yeah. I see him in the top? And I personally, I don't at the know time if... could have. That's just my opinion. I, I don't think he had the in the moment. In the, retrospectively, you're probably right. The but, presence, you know, yeah. like the. I don't know. There's something lacking, folks. Let us know what you think it is. If anything, maybe he could have been that. I think when you're surrounded by guys like Steve Austin and Triple H and The Rock and Mankind and Kane and The Undertaker, you know, during that period of time. Yeah, but he also disappeared at the worst time possible in like early 97. He did. Oh, you mean in the first run? Yeah. Yeah, but even so, with Brett and Sid and Shaw, it's a tough scene to crack into. You know what I mean? To hang with Vader and all those guys. But I think that he, he was a. A great epitome, someone that definitely deserves a salute here, right? As a mid card, because loved him. Pretty much everything he's in is good. Is good, yeah. And what more can you really Other than, ask like, for? Like the very early stuff where he's like, uh, he's like, ah, with Missy Hyde, ha, Missy Hyde, and <laughs> yeah. he's just like hanging out with her too much. I'm your host, yeah. So, so <laughs> I'm here with with Johnny B. Bam. <laughs> horrible. Chat me up. Um, so, <laughs> she should talk to Conrad. Yeah. All right. So overall, that's uh, our thoughts on Meryl. Hope you enjoy that, folks. And again, this is an open segment. So if you have suggestions, let us know if you want a salute to a mid card. We got tons of episodes left for the season. So let us know your mid-carder suggestions. You can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Send us an email or join the group. Join the Rock House. So let us know. Yeah, the Rock House, baby. Uh, but Quinn, when we come back, we're going to finally reveal just what the hell a Rock House is. Because <laughs> it's the best of the uh, themes, the entrance themes. It's uh, round two of that. We're going to pull two more out of the tank. We're going to see where they rank. The Royal Rankings of Entrance Music is coming up right after this. Deep down in Louisiana, close to New Orleans. Way back up in the Outrageous! It's contagious! Later on, on the Power Hour, I'm gonna be taking on Barry Windham for the NWA Heavyweight title! I'm so excited! It's my first title shot! I've had so many shots at the title when I was a boxer, when I was a champ, and now my first professional wrestling title shot against Barry Windham! I'm gonna have that gold around my waist! I'm gonna look so pretty! I'm so excited! Barry Windham, I'm gonna kick your booty with my Tuna Bruna! And now back to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It is episode number 153. It is November 11th, 2019. Happy Monday to you. Hey, Mr. Rockhouse over there. Yep, my, that's me. That's what they call me, Mr. Rockhouse. <laughs> now, we talked about our Patreon, so let's briefly just recapitulate our Patreon, folks. If you like OVP, the reason we do this, right, is if you like OVP, some right. people do, you can support the show and get extra content. It's very, very cost effective. It's very cheap, I guess, if you will, economical yep. for the fiscally minded. 
It is $2 or $3 or $5 a month. That's it. Pick your tier and you're going to get various things. $2 gets you live video of the making of every Monday show. It gets you OVP commentary back archives. We did like a dozen of those of us watching matches, right? We did about a dozen Mount Rushmore and Death Valley extras. You get all of that $2 a month. That's it. About doink. Yeah, it's a, there, there is one. There, there, there is one. That's not. That's fifty cents a week. Is what we're saying. Whoa, it's that's cheap. it. Yes, fifty cents a week. That's it. Now three dollars a month. You keep the things we just said, and you add on to that bi-weekly every other Friday. Quinn and I have watched all of nineteen eighty two, and that's all in the archives. And there's some free ones on YouTube. Now we're watching all of eighty three together with you guys. The Donald P year. Yeah, the Donald P Morocco year. Uh, a lot of good stuff going on. It's starting to heat up a little bit. We're in February of eighty three. Very heaty. Yeah. <laughs> It's very hot in that Allentown or it whatever. It really is sweaty. Ian Riccoboni would uh, yeah. appreciate that, actually. Ian, $3 tier. So that's $3 a month for all of that stuff. And then if you want to just make it $5 a month, that's all it is, folks. You get everything we mentioned, plus pay-per-view reviews monthly. Every single one in order. We're talking a two- to three-hour podcast. That's Extravaganza, if you will. Extravaganza. Yeah. Uh, we have the SummerSlam coming out this month. Right. Next month is the Survivor Series 88, January. Mm-hmm. That rather fittingly is Royal Rumble 89. We've done everything before that. You can check it out. All of this stuff, folks, supports Quinn and I. Uh, we're thankful no matter what, just that oh, you're yes. even listening. Always thankful. Seriously, that you're even hearing this because you're listening to the show. It's like Thanksgiving every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, it is. Uh, so- <laughs> Turkey time, baby. <laughs> uh, so why, why don't we quit yammering here? Go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. See what you think. See which tier is right for you. If you don't like it or you can't afford it after a month, cancel it. It's okay. There's no like contract. We're not no, Verizon. No, no commitment. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, we're, we're very not Verizon. <laughs> yeah, we're not Verizon. Yeah. All right. So check it out, guys. OVP Patreon. It's not Verizon. It's not Verizon. <laughs> Quinn, let's let's get into this. This is a segment that uh, no pressure or anything, but a lot of people had high hopes for. Yeah, they already seem pissed about our first round. <laughs> well, some. Some yeah. agreed. Folks, what the Royal Rankings and Royal Flush are, if you've never listened to the show before, is each season, before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, over on our Facebook Rockhouse group, to give us your 10 best and 10 worst of something. This time around, it was entrance music, which is a very popular category this time. So we take all of those votes from all you guys, 10 best, 10 worst, two separate tanks, and then what we do is we alternate. Each week, we do one for the best. And one for the worst. And we pull out the names. We rank them. So by the end of the season, what we come up with is the definitive OVP certified, notarized, ordained, organic, non-GMO. Man, you name it. It is on there. It's really healthy. It's a really, really healthy ranking. And it's the best of the worst, so uh, we'll have those lists for you at the end of the season. But right now, Quinn, the time for talking is through, and believe it or not. It's actually time for turkey. It's actually time for turkey. Let's go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. Is cooking. 
is the Royal Rankings of Entrance Music, week number two here, Michael. I still love that it fades back into the <laughs> well, Royal Rumble music. It's the official theme yeah. of this uh, segment here. Yeah. So, Quinn, we have two on the board right now. Uh, let's run them down. Last, uh, or two weeks ago, I should say, when we started this segment off, we pulled out uh, The Undertaker's music mm-hmm. and Ric Flair's theme. And which and, one and nailed it at number one? In a very close match, uh, the winner right now, and currently number one, is The Undertaker's theme. Oh, wow. wow. Mr. Mr. Undertaker. Congratulations. Mr. Taker. The greatest theme of all time. Of all time. Uh, number two, Ric Flair. So those two are on the board. We have to now pull two more names out this week, folks. We're going to pull them out of the tank. Like I said, we're going to see where they rank. So, Quinn, I think it's time. I'm ready. If you are, yeah, I'm ready to find out. I'm waiting with bated breath. Okay, let's find out who drew number three. What? What is that? Oh, oh no, they're here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dose of poison. Oh, boy. It is the NWO theme song. Wow. You know what's great about this song, Joe? A lot of things, Quinn. There's a lot of things, but first and foremost, completely public domain. Oh my god, this <laughs> yeah, is just this is Jimi just, Hendrix samples. It's yes. just 100% public That's domain. That's all it is. Uh, um, it's very ridiculous that WCW just took this probably just... Very <laughs> WCW out, of them. It's just literally like plucked out of the like music the library. library that they bought. You know, that like probably existed on the Turner computers. They're like, this sounds like the NWO. <laughs> like, you know what's great about this song, too? And there's a great video on YouTube that breaks it down. All this is is like four different Jimi Hendrix samples. Oh, this is lined up. Yes, like, that's funny. Ding, ding, ding. That's ha- See, this is all Hendrix. I didn't know that it, that the original song was Hendrix. To be honest with you, I thought it was just a well. Hulk Hogan must have just liked Jimi Hendrix, so oh. that's why he like just eventually. Like, I, I'm serious. I really thought I never knew that until you said that. that yeah. these were Hendrix samples. They're all samples, and that's why it's public domain. It's just a couple of samples, and they mix it all together. But the NWO's theme, folks, obviously started in 1996 with the NWO being a thing. Now, they didn't have a theme until after the third man was revealed, if I recall. Uh, Yes, that's correct. I believe the Outsiders at the initial thing, even at like the Bash at the Beach or whatever it was, they 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 came out with no music, if I recall. But There was like a weird, they had something like like Scott Hall had something what? When, he, when they came out and revealed that Kevin Nash was the guy or whatever. Are you serious? Guy. Yeah, it was really dumb. I don't think so. Yeah, they gave him, no, they that. gave him a throwaway theme for like a night. What? I'm going to have it's to look It's the one where they, one. they body slam Bischoff through the fucking Oh, at uh, yeah. Great American Bash. Yeah. I know they're here. Come on out, guys. Wow. What a great fucking song. Who sang this one? The Silent Beatles? But they did have the theme by Hogwild 96, I know that. Now, the one that we heard is a little bit later. The original one just starts off like this. No, yeah, like, nothing. Yeah. Well, okay, so the cool part about this theme that I really liked yep. is they just kept, like, adding little, like... Touches? They, they, well, what was cool about it was those were things that eventually were, like, said... Right, like, and they just started like inserting them into the theme for life. <laughs> yeah, like now my favorite one, and I don't know if we have found it. Yet, I don't know. We would have to listen to um, what is known as, and I will reveal it now. Why we keep saying Rock House? Yes, NWL Hollywood Rock House theme, or what yeah, is the it called? Hollywood Hogan Rock House version. Is that the one? Quinn? Right now, can you explain what this is, please? So this is okay. 
let me before you play it i yes. just want to say this and i don't know did you seem to actually like the stuff i've been telling you about you've actually not really known about this so i don't did know you know because i i've watched enough nitro over again to realize this at this point yeah did you know that every single nwo member had different inserts at one point like when it wasn't no. there wasn't too many people but there was so enough one for crush or whatever there was some with like different inserts but like hogan specifically and it, i don't know why i haven't heard it when we've been playing this before when we've been joking about rock house all day <laughs> but hogan specifically and i know a lot of people listening to this will probably remember he specifically had one where like this was before he got the just straight Jimi hendrix music yeah, voodoo child he specifically had one where it just was like which was a laugh that happened in like some interview at some point and they like inserted it in and like they they, they turned the pitch up on it but why it's just really stupid but here we go nwo rock house this is the nwo hulk hogan rock house theme folks get ready (laughs) oh like all this stupid shit the biggest icon in that. What is that? That insert. Why is this in here? You never knew about this? Vaguely. When they say for life a million times. And well, they say that in the regular one, don't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, this. Yeah. When when did this one start? Like, 97 this, or something? It's actually like... There it is! <laughs> the laugh. All right, well, now okay. that we got our fill of the rock house... Okay, yeah. with this, a, it's, it's like it's, excessive with is, the inserts. Is but, it meant to be annoying? Probably. Yes, yes. It's like so annoying. There's another one. There's that ah ha ha ha. But yeah. they take that ah ha ha ha, <laughs> and then they they turn the pitch up on another one where it's like and it sounds like creepy like i always thought they put it in for halloween havoc but that's just like headcanon why do you know so much about this because i have a real affection for the nwo theme like i like all the variations God, and shit, i can see what i'm gonna have to deal with today yeah like all the variations of it joe <sighs> like i would like i just remember all them and then there's also the b team nwo theme which is like completely different like you can just look it up but it's like it's like some like Stupid shit. Wait, are you? Yeah, wait, NW- they have their own theme. Yes, is it even NWB team? And it has. Is this real? Yeah, all, all like Virgil and Buff Bagwell and shit always came out to this. I don't remember this. Yeah, this is the only. This, this is this, this, this is it, shitty. Yeah, this is amazing because see the there's people in the video you're looking at right now. There's like Nick Patrick had Big this boss thing. man, like Masa Chono, like, <laughs> IRS, like, yep. like all the dumpy people. Like they had their own theme, and it was amazing. Muto, yeah. Uh, then this doesn't count in the rankings. The D- B team theme. That's the laugh, by the way. That it oh just, yeah, I just yeah, heard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the NWS theme was used for a long time. The WWF used it as well. Yeah, and they butchered it because well, they took, I think because they didn't have the rights to some of those inserts. So they just kept like just a couple of them and it's kind of like stupid now. Are you sure? Yeah. Let's see, this it, is, we should. It, it's so dumb. We it, should pull up the WWE version and just see. Yeah, the, the WWE one is. One last comparison. Not. It's I mean, just like it's there's just a couple of inserts, but what do you like the inserts? The inserts are annoying. Oh, the inserts oh are my, my favorite God. because they. Joe, here's the thing about the inserts. This matters. I want to say okay, go right ahead. now. Yes, go ahead. Go is on. that because there was so many variations of the inserts at certain points? Mm-hmm. It felt like they like literally like the soundboard was being taken over, and that somebody <laughs> was inserting them at random. And that's okay, what I, I always liked that. about I it. it. It felt so like renegade. 
you know? And that's what I like about this theme ultimately. Yeah, and it, I think I think almost the chaoticness of our whole talk about this kind of is indicative about this theme. Is that it, it, it denotes like chaos and and unrest it's and, very street. It's yeah, very gritty sounding. It doesn't sound like anything that there was before. I guess not. Yeah. It's very it's basic, but it's also vaguely threatening. Right. The fact that it's cobbled together samples too is totally different from like most themes. Yeah, that's true. Uh it's there's no lyrics. Like yeah. lyrics, lyrics, you know what the I mean? The lyrics but, are the inserts. Right. I think it's a good theme. Obviously when we get to ranking we'll really start to nail it down, but I it's think one it's one of the most iconic themes, and that's no pun intended with the biggest icon in wrestling <laughs> thing. But like honestly, like when I think of the nineteen nineties and wrestling, yeah. that theme is like y- you can't have nineteen nineties wrestling without that theme. It's that it really is cemented in there. Well, we heard it every single week. Right. And the B team. That'll a lot do it. Too. Stop it. And I the can't Wolfpack. believe you don't remember the B team. Quinn. That's so funny to I'm me. I'm sorry. I really but don't. No, why it's funny is just because they're so useless. That, oh, it's like, terrible. It didn't, it didn't even like didn't stick even in register. your It didn't even register in your brain. That is so <laughs> funny to me. Well, why don't we say, uh, why don't we find out who number four is now and see where, uh, where number four is going to register. What do you yeah. think of that? All right, folks. So we got the NWO theme. This is Quinn's gonna make a campaign for this one, like he's Mondale. Yeah, <laughs> this is Duka- Michael Dukakis over here. It's the Michael Dukakis of wrestling themes. <laughs> but right now, let's find out <laughs> who drew number four. Oh, oh, there he is, the Macho Man. When's the Macho Man right now? Which one is this? This, this is, is the, the regular good kind. one yeah. from like when he hugged Elizabeth and shit. <laughs> well, they're both good. All right, the uh, the Macho Man, Randy Savage, Pomp and Circumstance, of course, is right. the song. This, this Quinn, <laughs> is a fucking theme song right it's here. Good. And oh again, my goodness, it's very basic. It's 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 just literally it's the, the graduation, graduation song. song. Yeah. It's a, a song that was around for a long time, I believe. Although I've never seen it, but I've heard people say that uh, Gorgeous George actually used this song as well. Is that true? Yeah, but I've never actually seen that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I've never seen it happen. But Pop and Circumstances is an old-ass song. Uh, I by, still play it to this day at every high school graduation in America. It's true. Uh, Sir yeah. Edward Elgar, I guess, uh, composed it here. Who? Early 1900s. And nevertheless here with the, uh, the Macho Man, the graduation song, this is a song, I mean... Denotes class, um, greatness, grandeur. You know, greatness. Yeah, it works so well. It works so well with the Macho Man in a couple, in so many different ways. First of all, the Macho Man is a guy that, as a heel, he always thought he was greater than he was. Oh fuck Hulk Hogan! Yeah, like the day uh, one, I'm the best. I don't know who Hulk Hogan is. Right? Yeah. Uh Second, you have you have the glamorous Miss Elizabeth. She's the best man. She's literally like wrestling federation. She's always wearing very shiny things. Look at it. And with this music playing, and you you have a beautiful lady and the the spotlight and the shiny shit, it all kind of just goes together, right? It's like majestic. It is. Yeah. It's a pump. There's a lot of pomp. Now, as a kid, I just said the Macho Man had the graduation song. That's I what didn't it know is. what it was. I didn't know it was called pomp. It's quite until, right. like YouTube existed or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Until like you could just look this shit yes, up. Yes, Quinn. Of course, yeah. I know. You didn't go to the library and look this up. Yeah, you I, mean? Didn't, I didn't. Like after I watched a Coliseum video, like I need to go to the library and figure out the name of the Macho. <laughs> like go up to the library and what's the name of the Macho Man song? Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, get the fuck out of here, kid. <laughs> Keep your voice down. Now, do you know of the WCW version? That's like 
way dumpier than this. Like, so the, Savage's first WWF, WCW theme? Yeah, it's dumb. I would love to listen to that. Ugh. Here it is. Ooh, yeah, it's got like the ooh yeah in it. The electric guitar version. Yep. Now, what did you think why of this? sucked. <laughs> it was upsetting. And you know why it's upsetting? Because it's not even the real theme. It's like, it. there's like some weird, where it's like, dee, 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 yeah. dee. like you'll hear it in a second. It's awful. Ugh. Yeah. I, mean, I just think of him like thumbs up and That's all this That's what I mean. Bullshit. I was like, so upset when he went to WCW. And I mean that like I saw it at the time. Right, I was watching yeah, wrestling. Yeah. Comes and out on Saturday night. Mean she's yes. like, oh, give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> Macho <laughs> man. Oh, because I was free agent. <laughs> <laughs> when I started watching wrestling, he was still in WWF. Right. And yeah. all of a sudden, he was in WCW. He was just, like, gone. I'm like, oh, I guess he's gone for a little while. Like, he's just not on TV. And all of a sudden, oh, give me a break. And he's yeah. like, I don't like Hulk Hogan. It like, again. Like, this is, like, the same shit over again. <laughs> but uh, I also want to mention here, while we're, while we're doing the variations, right? Right. We've talked about it before, but that here it is again. There's a variation before the original yes. variation. Yes. So, and I've never pinpointed the year, but I think it's 87, I want to say it's, like, 86, actually. When they changed it? Or maybe it's like right after he turns. I think it's eighty seven. It's like right, yeah. They like standardized it with with the first one we played. But like here, they they play the first one. Like it's a little more like boisterous or something. So just to clarify, the first one we played—that's his regular WWF theme, the one, the the normal one. I I would guess we would call it Macho Man's second Second theme. theme, Yeah, right. But he did have one from eighty five to eighty seven. We're guessing. If you know the exact date, let us know, Richard. But here it is. This is Macho Man's. First WWE. If I recall, this one specifically ends with the. It has like the second verse or something at the end. Yeah. We won't get that far, but yes. So it starts, you know. And there's a. Yeah, there's a little more. It's a little punchier. Yeah. A little faster. Right. And it's it's kind of apropos that the WF, the, the, this clip on YouTube, it's like they show older clips of him, not like, <laughs> yeah. like it's when he's on of, championship wrestling. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny actually because this is like an official WE version. Yep, pretty and, cool. Yeah, it, uh, doink. I don't know, man. This theme just it's fits a classic. The, it fits the character so well. I would say it fits the character more than the NWO one was. And when we get to oh, right really? time, we'll, I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we'll, we'll that's talk. actually a tough call because we'll talk. Yeah. Because we, we, we even said that when we were talking about the NWO, how much it fit the NWO. But the Macho Man, I mean, right. iconic. Now, now obviously, will you say yeah. this about the Macho Man theme? Go ahead. I think one thing about it is the basicness does um, hurt it slightly. What do you mean? Just that um, it doesn't stand out as that unique because it's still it's from a time, Joe, where they were still picking out a lot of public domain shit because they just, you know... They didn't. They didn't want to get Jim Johnston to record some shit. Well, I mean, the Undertaker and Ric Flair's theme, who are on here, those were both composed songs from the classical or kind Correct. of you know yeah. era. And Savages was the early 1900s, and the NWO is public domain, so we're really running well, into a you, trend here. Well, if we want to be accurate, the samples are Hendrix, so it's all 1960s. Yeah, no, I know, but they're public yeah. domain. I'm right, saying, yeah, the song is public domain. I think Savage's theme, though, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's basic. It's a, a graduation song. Yeah, I think we're, we're the one, one weird thing in this one is we're comparing two very different themes. Very different. Very different in their approach, their style, their use, like yeah. what they were, like what they were representing. What they were supposed to come across. Well, let's talk about Savage again, though. We we've talked about how the, the grandeur and everything. One of the great things about that is when he was the champion, either champion, but let's say the world champion. 
celebrating afterwards or coming this was very good for celebration and the way he moved you know with the finger in the air and on the turnbuckles it but fits it now to throw the other side of the coin there coin are we are we ranking are we in official we're getting there we're like pulling up to the driveway of the ranking because in the other side of the coin with the nwo theme joe yeah is that because the nwo theme is notably annoying (laughs) it is so it's so apropos when there's like 50 fucking assholes in the ring spray painting someone and like kicking them and shit like that this <sighs> stupid music plays and, it, and like <laughs> and I just I mean like that music for some reason it got associated with there being way too many people that's around. not a point in its favor <laughs> yeah but I, I just mean that for whatever reason it just like melded into the look and feel of the new world odor <laughs> like <laughs> new world odor yeah new world odor I guess so, but that's not a good thing, in my opinion. Well, not a good thing, but I, I, I'm saying the theme, we, we've said this, is that it should represent the wrestler. Yes, it should, um, or stable in this or case. Or stable yeah. in this case. That's another unique thing to the NWO theme, also, that we, we didn't even touch and on. we haven't come across yet. That it's a stable theme. It's not a one-man theme. Right, that's correct. Now, but let's be fair here with the NWO theme. I guess we're almost at ranking time. Got to talk about Savages more, too. Probably a few more things to say, but with the NWO's theme... They all stopped using it soon because the Wolfpack had their own theme. The Outsiders, didn't they have their own thing? Um, yes. No, maybe. Just the Outsiders. NWO Hollywood, though, always used the regular yeah, NWO but, theme but till, then, till the end. But then they became the B team, and then Hogan had Voodoo Child, so it wasn't used that long. It was like six and seven, mainly. Maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, honestly, honest I think so. Yes. Because that's the... To people, that's the classic NWO, NWO classic. That's what I think yeah, of it. Yeah. And in the WWF, obviously. Now, Savage's theme, he obviously took that with him to WCW, like we mentioned, only until 1999. You know, that was when he finally changed what it. What up, Mosh? Horrible. Uh, that's song. so bad. Really it, bad. But you figure that's going on 15 years just about of using pomp and circumstance as his yeah. theme. And you got to imagine that if he were around today and he were coming out in the WWF, as he inevitably would be by this point. Right. He'd be using, which it sucks that he can't, doesn't it? But yeah, uh, he'd, and actually, he'd be it, using it, pomp and so, circumstance. It's so funny you said it, he used the pomp and circumstance up to ninety nine. You know what he used from nineteen ninety seven till nineteen ninety eight? What the NWO? The NWO. But the Macho Man variation. Now but, is that a thing? Yes. So the Macho Man's all had all Macho Man quotes in the NWO theme. I'm not kidding. I think we will need to hear this. Yeah. I think this is very necessary. Yeah, it, it, wow, it's really coming here. full circle here. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is the Macho Man theme. Come on. It happens. This is great, Quinn. Great radio. There he is. There it is. So, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> Riveting. Yeah, but the point is, is that this was like he just had the NWO Macho Man, thing, right? Right. Which is just so dumb. Good it, point, it all, it, But it, it's like I said at the beginning, the inserts are important. I guess. <laughs> on the Do end- with the inserts. <laughs> and they're so Come important on. to the NWO. Thing. Get out of here. All right. Right now on the board, Quinn. Now it's yeah. officially ranking okay, time. Okay. Officially ranking time. Undertaker is number one. Right. Nick, Nick Flair is number two. Nick Flair, yes, him. Now, where do you want to start the NWO theme? Is it better than? Well, I mean, we only have two, so let's saying. just work its way up. Is if, it better than Flair's? Um, mm. it might get killed right here. <sighs> this mm. is okay. I feel like we have to take like a whole different approach with this. I know 
This is why it's a good category. Maybe even if we don't want to put it above, we should be comparing it everywhere. If that sounds weird. But we always try to. We're scientists, folks. Right. Because with music, it's so subjective, though. This is like. Oh, but wrestling's not. (laughs) Yeah, but I just mean that this is like extra subjective because it's like the subjectiveness of music on top of wrestling. That's right. I forgot. Yeah. So. (laughs) It's science, Joe. I miss your subjectivity. I know how the math works with this, okay? So. So what are we doing first? What are, how are we comparing it? So Ric Flair's, let's start. Yeah. Ric Flair's, again, is like, I don't know, what is it, Bach or whatever the fuck? No, I, but I, it, let's I, pretend you know, it is. You know what I mean. It's, it's like definitely some, not. some guy from the 1800s. It's some German guy, okay, yeah. from the late 1800s. <laughs> um, it's old. So uh, is Ric Flair. It's, wait, that fits the character. Yes, right it there. does. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so again, it's like the more grandiose kind. Very. The NWO, the one cool thing about it is it's subverting tradition. In what regard? It, just that it, it's sample based. It's it's kind of like it's terse. Yeah, it's terse. It, it, it's like you said. It's like kind of like foreboding and like yeah. Evil. There's a, this like, underlying tension. Yeah, and the one thing about Ric Flair's music that I always think is kind of funny for a big heel, he's got pretty like facey music. Yeah, but he was a face a lot of the time too. In a yeah, work. but he was heel more. He also used Easy and Lover, which I dropped That's, into yeah, one fifty one. I saw that. And, uh, it's so weird. <laughs> that is weird. Yeah. Um. Oh man. What do you what? You want me to defend it, but like, do you think Ric Flair's theme is better than NWO? I do, and I don't even like Flair's theme really? as much as other people do. Yeah, yeah. The, I do. I guess Quinn. The, the thing about the NWO theme, though, is it's so like ingrained. I, I don't know, like, how else well, to describe it. It's just I, like it's so built into me as like a wrestling fan. It's like if, even if I hear that new, 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 like that, like first part or whatever, I'm like, oh fuck, like NWO, oh shit, you know. Yeah, but here's the thing. Does it dilute it that so many different people used it? Um, or does that... It, so that to me, maybe it doesn't dilute it to me because, like I said, I love the insert shit. I love that they modify... I love that somebody took the time to, like, go into every... Have, like, right. an NWO theme of every single wrestler in the NWO. Is there a Crush one where it's just him saying Brock? Because that'd no, be well, amazing. So Crush's was the B-team theme. He didn't even get that. There like, should have been one for yeah. Crush where it's just him saying Brock. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there will be. Brother, you're bigger than ever. You gotta eat these, brother. But I'll also avenge all the kids. Flair's theme, he used, obviously existed as a wrestling theme a lot longer than the NWO theme. Right. Although, anytime they trot out, you know, 70-year-old Hulk Hogan and Scott Hall and Kevin Nash as the NWO, they're going to use that theme. Same thing with Flair, though. There's a weird question that's about to come up in, uh, I'm, I'm, in comparing the two. Here. I'm ready. Would you, oh, God. I can't believe I'm fucking saying this. Would is I rather it, have sex to one of these no, or the other? Is it possible no. that the NWO is more recognizable than Ric Flair? To whom? To the casual audience. The like, theme or the the character? The characters, the theme. I don't know, Quinn. I, 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 these I don't are two, know, These Quinn. are two very iconic songs in And wrestling. so is The Undertaker's, which is right. at number one. We might as well right. start throwing that into the mix here. Right. Now, actually, personally... I like the NWO better than the Undertaker, but I understand the Undertaker theme is it's got all its modifications and people like it a lot. And personally, I don't like any of these that much. I mean, I like the Takers theme. Yeah, but these aren't amongst my favorites. Mm. We're going to have some issues with this list, folks, I think. But that's why you guys vote and we don't. 
Well, before we even rank, okay, how about since we're going to take a unique take on this, what what about Macho Man's theme? Where do you think it's fallen in here so far? Personally, I think it, I like it more, and it's better than the NWO's theme. I can say that. Yeah, I think I, I I'll go there with that. So Macho Man, this is a unique way of ranking. This is going to tough you folks, and you guys along with us here, you have your your pens out and your legal paper, you right. know, and your scorecard. Oh, we talk it out on this show. We do. We talk it out. We talk it out, and you talk to us about it, what your rankings are. And remember, like we always try to encourage here, don't just say, oh, it's better. Say why it's better. We like to hear that. I like the X one. Dan Lopez will write a, a nine-paragraph essay on why something is better, and right. that's okay. You don't have to write nine paragraphs, but I'm saying people, some people do. Now, I personally think as much as I love Ric Flair's theme, I like the machos better. I, I think it's a it's a simpler but also faster paced kind of grandiose theme. I, I don't know how it sounds really weird, but like, do you know what I mean? It's like Ric Flair's is like a little slower. Uh, Yeah, but like marginally slower, right? I mean, in all seriousness. Yeah, but when Ric Flair wins versus when Macho Man wins, I, yeah. there's some kind of like emotional charge to when Macho wins a match versus Ric Flair's theme playing after he wins a match. I guess. Someone had established this really good criteria Okay, wanna- about... I'm trying to remember what it was. It was something in the long lines of, could you see this theme main eventing at a WrestleMania? Okay. And all four of these have in their own way. I mean, if you yeah. count... I mean, the NWO one... Kind I, of, you have to count the, the, the problem, Rock Hogan. The only problem with the NWO one main eventing WrestleMania is that the NWO one is a faction. It's not. A, I know. It's not like a one man thing. Like even Hogan had a NWO modification where he just took actual Jimi Hendrix yes. music and not just samples. Well, do you think that maybe shows that even Hogan's above the NWO theme by that? Well, point? that's what they did. Is yes. they, that was to distinguish him from the rest of the NWO, right? Uh, yes. Because, uh, so because ultimately the NWO theme, the regular like classic old school one, right? That ended up being more associated with the Outsiders yes, it than it did. Hulk Hogan himself. Well, because it, it's very conducive to Hall doing his strut down the aisle right. theme. It's very good for that. Right. And Nash lazily walking. In uh, fact, <laughs> after the NWO kind of more disbanded, I always thought I would always get fucking pissed off when any of the bullshit NWO imitator people, like anybody that the, in, that was keep, keeping the NWO alive. Right, right. If like they were using it in Hall and Nash weren't. Like, right. they were out, <laughs> like I was like, what the fuck? Like they like made this shit. Like, you know what I mean? In a sense, yes. Yeah. I think, though, as we talk here, I think it's pretty clear the NWO's theme is below these two that are on the board. Unfortunately. No, it yeah. is. Cool. Yeah, as I, much I, as I love it. but I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, I think, look, I, I like I like it. I get it. And I don't, like I said, not even a big fan of Flair's theme, but that theme, Ric Flair's theme is awesome for yeah. him. It's very good. The NWO theme is great, don't get me wrong, but it's I, I wouldn't consider it like a good song. It's yeah. just we heard it so much because of Nitro. Yeah. It's not a good, it's not good. It's not good. It's, <laughs> Objectively, I will or say, subject, you know, whatever. I think on this list of yeah. like great themes, I think it will be the most unique theme. Yeah, maybe. I, there's nothing maybe. like it. It's weird. It's weird. Like, it's weird, but it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be disruptive and, yep. and stuff. Like, you know what I mean? And we don't know that it's going to be at the bottom of the list. It just is right now. It like, really fits the characters. I'll say that. So it definitely, it does. like, yeah. I, I just don't think. The theme itself has as much character right. as a Ric Flair, as an Undertaker. And it's also not designed to have too much character. Like, you know what I mean? I guess, Quinn, but yeah. still. It's it, supposed to be a group. It's like a big glob well, of people. And that's why it's at the bottom, I yeah. think, right now. is because it doesn't stand out as okay, much as the other fair two. Enough. But Ric Flair versus Macho Man, though, I actually 
Yeah, I prefer Ric Flair. Or I, I'm sorry, I prefer Macho Man. They're very, very similar. Oh yeah, that's why this is the battle of the classy songs. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, you're right though. Yeah. you're right. It's the battle of the classy songs. Uh, they both, I believe, got a very similar number of votes in the uh, in the drawing. That yeah, makes very, a lot of very sense. Similar. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. So I mean, I can definitely. Oh, it's tough. It's tough. I would say that Savage's theme has a bit more oomph. Yes, a bit more. I, see, here's the punch cool, to it. The cool part that I can say about this yep. is that this is not a WF bias. This is no. just because I love Ric Flair. Like you know that I'm I know a fan. You do. I, know I, lo- you do. I like Ric Flair a lot. This is not a WF bias for me either. But I, I said last time that Ric Flair. I felt really emotional when he retired with his theme playing or whatever. But I've never felt more emotional to a wrestler and a theme playing than the Macho Man. WrestleMania 7. And WrestleMania 3. And WrestleMania when 4. Came, when he came out or whatever. And WrestleMania, WrestleMania 4. 4. Yeah. <laughs> like, like every, even, even, even if it's just the entrance, like I, I get goosebumps when the Macho Man comes out at 3 even. Even at 10. Yeah. Where you kind of have this feeling like, right, this is his last time probably. Right. You know, yeah. especially in retrospect. WrestleMania 8. Once again! Yeah, and then yeah. he was on his fight. Now, Flair's theme is great, folks. Yeah. But it doesn't lend itself to as big of a moment, I think, as Savages does. Like you said, it doesn't tug. It doesn't tug at the heartstrings as much. Just as much as the way Flair's does. I mean, God, WrestleMania 7. Savages does. I, yeah, I know. That's when you see that theme in action. You know what's even cool about it, WrestleMania 7 with that shit? What? Right when they hug, da, 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 like it's I like, know. oh, it's yeah, so good. Like, right as they come together and the crowd and Gorilla sells the whole oh, thing. There it is. What a woman! What a man! That yeah. whole thing. Can you imagine? This is where a theme can break a moment. If he had had like, I'm just a honk tonk man yeah, or something or if like he had that. Ric Flair theme. Yeah, or if he had Easy Lover under it, like yeah. the wrong choice of song, whether good or bad song. But an inappropriate choice of song could have broken that moment. Right. It's like Crush's music. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Elizabeth with her arms outstretched. Tears flowing down. You see Rain Hat and the lady in the blue dress and Vane Lady and yeah. the music's playing. The shoes are too tight, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, hey, it's important. So now, it's, Randy Savage versus The Undertaker. So Savage is officially I, 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 trumping I, I, Flair. Yeah, I, Savage versus Underwear Taker, though. Yeah. So, that being said about Randy Savage, it might kind of propel him above The Undertaker. It's the best theme ever. <sighs> I'm the courtroom or something. Yeah, I mean... The people who like The Undertaker, like, live and die off The Undertaker's name. Like, they will... T- <laughs> they thing, will fight you. You know, one thing I must say about The Undertaker that I find fascinating, because he's not, like, my favorite wrestler ever, right. but fans of The Undertaker, he is the greatest shit to ever, ever. fucking happen. It's like, like Metallica. He's got the most loyal yep. fans I have ever heard. In, like, seriously, like, I'm no, surprised... Know. Like, you think Ric Flair fans are a lot of fucking Undertaker fans are crazy. Like, they're just like, no, you're wrong. He's the best wrestler to ever live. Like, you know what I mean? Didn't you see his match against Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25? The one thing to hang your yeah, hat on. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> he threw Mankind off the cage like, that one time. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like they're the they're the people that liked all the blood and the and the gore. Right, and, and the die, and, die, and the die, 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 die. And all the dark arts and the magic. 
but they also like now that they got that Wrestle 25 match, like they're just like, oh, and he's the best wrestler see, he's ever. He's the best at C. Yeah, and the streak. Yes, and I, I'm not. That's not a thing it's against not a the knock. Undertaker. I know it's he's just, still good. It's the the thing is, is that that theme to those people is oh, that's the soundtrack. That, that is the soundtrack to, wrestler. to the best wrestler to ever right. live. But you I don't agree I mean? with that. I don't. I, I, I love. I love the uh, the ninety eight theme. Is the ninety eight theme. The theme is amazing. I think it's a consistently great song, no matter what the variation is. I mean, that's why I put it above flares. I, I think it really, really, really represents the Undertaker better than anything possibly could. Yeah. That said, you could say the same thing about Randy Savage. Oh, I mean, especially the, the Savage and Liz. And even you know, we didn't even say this about Randy Savage's music, right? But when he was Macho King. Holy shit! Yeah, did this worked there fit too, right? Perfectly, with right? Sherry, with Sherry, and the and the coming down with the 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 crown, right? What is that? The throne thing the or whatever? And the scepter, with the stupid and... jobbers holding him up. You know what? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. And that's a good thing too. Uh, this theme worked great. Healer face, right? Don't like the Undertakers, like uh, flares. I didn't think Savage would, could be number one at the beginning, but I, I don't know. At this vantage point here, <laughs> uh, this vantage, not our vantage point, this vantage point, yeah. I think it's number one. Do you? Why, I do. Okay, why can he unseat The Undertaker? It's just the emotional factor to it. The, it's that pulling at the heartstrings. It's that victory. Like you said, like main eventing a WrestleMania. The triumph. The triumph of the theme. The Undertaker. I remember when he won at WrestleMania 13 and his music played, and I was like, this is kind of fucking lame. I like, wear the same outfit I did in 1991. The Undertaker's theme is be better. Sid. This is I Crap think, his pants. Uh, <laughs> this is the thing. Got some cotton ale. No, let me, let me make a serious point here. Mm. The Undertaker's theme is better for coming out to than winning. Whereas Savage's works both ways. That is an excellent point. Yeah. When the Undertaker... That is an excellent point. When the Undertaker comes out to his theme, way better than Randy Savage. Just on the entrance. Marginally. I don't know. Way. But on the victory, Savage blows him out the fucking water. Michael Quinn, that's, I agree with you. That's and, and I agree with you. That's good. Yeah, that is it, a really good way to put it. Seriously, it's true. <laughs> I'm just saying, like you know. Yeah, no, I know, I know. Um, uh, do I agree a hundred percent? I think so. Yeah, he is. Undertaker's entrance is almost se- almost second to none. Right? Yeah, especially for his time. But the Savage thing, it fits both ways. It fits the like, oh, look how good he is as he's coming, but when yeah. he's going too. Like it's like when he oh wins, right? God, I love him, you know. Like and plus, it works. Savage's theme works great for an entrance, whether it's the throne, the sticks, yeah, the, you know what I mean, the yeah, sticks yeah, in the, the robe, sticks, like the sticks in the robe, yeah, <laughs> like any version of that where he's a heel and a douche, or when he's like classy with Liz, it works. Or even when he gets a come from behind victory, yeah. like this, this music works really good. The pomp and circumstance, WrestleMania eight, WrestleMania three, WrestleMania four, all these moments. But the Undertaker. Yeah. At the end of the match, it just feels like you're retreading ground or something. Like it's like it's not. It's it, it's like I saw the entrance. Who gives a shit about the exit? You know what I mean? I guess. Yeah. It's like you. It's like Undertaker. It blows its load at the very at the on the entrance. Like fucking druids and fire sticks and all this bullshit. Like uh, Paul Bear with an urn. Paul Bear in cement. Like you know, it, it, this is creepy things. Wizards, lightning, lightning and all this bullshit. It's like you do all that, but then why the hell would you play the fucking song again when he wins? You know what I mean? Like I it just you. seems weird. It's almost like the Undertaker is a perfect character for an outro. Yeah, like, separate he, outro. Yeah, he he like needs an outro. <laughs> it would be nice actually. Yeah. 
some calm, like, harpsichord music. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to put Savage at number one. Maybe there's some controversy here. Maybe not. I mean, uh, again, folks- I feel like I made a good point. I don't know if you have, it, like, I that 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 thing right there, but I, I feel like you've made good points, too, with this. I, <laughs> no, I'm just saying that I think that all together, I think you and me have- We've reached we've, a consensus. We've reached a consensus, is my point. It's savage. I didn't mean that to sound any weirder- thing or whatever i just stay silent so you can keep digging i just i just mean that i think both of us have shown that randy savage is clearly the number one theme of all time yes he is i think you're right quinn i think for uh, at least this week right because in two weeks we'll be pulling two more names out i I mean something else can unseat i i mean there's definitely themes in my mind that could unseat it yeah same here that's the thing we're gonna have to see and so will you fans in two weeks when we pull out uh two more of the good ones next week it'll be two more of the bad ones but i'm gonna turn my key quinn if you want to do that Let's put Randy Savage at number one, believe it or not, and we can rank now the four top wrestling themes of all time. Number one, the Macho Man Randy Savage Pomp and Circumstance. Number two, The Undertaker. Number three, Ric Flair still holding strong there. And pulling up the rear, the newcomer, the NWO theme. Those are the top four entrance themes all time in wrestling as of this week. Next week, two more of the worst. And in a little bit, when we come back, we're going to be reviewing some. That's right. Quinn and I are going to be delving into yet another slice of retro wrestling. That'll all be coming up right after this. Experience the deafening thunder that is Vader. The dementia that is the deranged mankind. The haunting mystery that is the Undertaker. And the unrelenting rage that is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Experience WWF The Music Volume 2. There are 15 of your favorite WWF original jams in all. To order, call 815-734-1161 or send a check or money order to the address on your screen. This album is available in stores, but why delay? Get yours now. WWF The Music Volume 2. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's episode number 153, and Quinn, uh, Mr. Uh, Rockhouse yourself over there. Oh, Rockhouse. Right. Why don't we Almost t- forgot about the Rockhouse. Yeah, of course. Don't forget about the Rockhouse, folks. You never will. Yeah. You will, after this episode of OVP, you will always remember the Rockhouse. You know, I, sometimes I wish we could change the names of the episodes instead of just, like, listing what it is. Right. It's, like, just a theme, like, 152, Rockhouse. <laughs> like, just, and then every, every episode just right. whatever was the stupid joke of the day <laughs> that's funny actually yeah. uh, but if you want to also uh, get into some other podcasts check out three friends of the show they are other wrestling podcasts that are not OVP it's not me and Quinn doing them no they are not <laughs> sanctioned by the OVP federation of, <laughs> right. of podcasts or but they're friendly if, if you're looking for sanctioning we don't uh, have any sanctions we can offer it for a fee if people want to pay us to sanction yeah, their we, podcast we do have governing f- uh, fees and sanctioning fees there's and a governing like body that. somewhere there is uh, but check out three friends of the show that are friendly with us, and we're friendly with them, and their wrestling podcasts that aren't part of the Conrad conglomeration. 
right. or the ex wrestler san- sanctioned by the Conrad right. conglomerate. Or if you're a popular ex wrestler, it's none of them. So. Or if you're just WE, which yeah. since now they've decided <laughs> right. to put their hat in the race. Right. There's no hats involved here. Yeah. Uh, the, but what there is is the wrestling podcast about nothing. It is hosted by two guys that have actually worked, and one of them still works in the wrestling business. The one that doesn't. He's right. like the main host. His name is Mean Mike Crockett. Right. He's so mean. Um, <laughs> he, he's great, really. No one even calls him. That's our nickname for oh, him. Oh, is it? Yeah, I, no one I ever I thought you him. actually grabbed that from the show. No, I made that up. Because <laughs> I've never heard anyone say it on <laughs> right. that show, but maybe I missed an episode no, no, or no. something. And he's a retired referee. He says that he's on an extended hiatus, but he's not. Don't believe him. Right. He's retired. Don't believe the hiatus. He, does, he doesn't. <laughs> Don't buy into the hiatus. Yeah. He doesn't ref anymore. His partner on the show is one half of a popular tag team in the Ring of Honor. Very, Quinn. very popular. The bouncers. Um, yeah, they, they like to drink things. Yes. And, including wine. Yes, because his partner, the Beer City Bruiser, but this guy is uh, Brian Malonis Quinn, or as you affectionately call him. The Wine City Whaler. Yep, and you can listen to the Wine City Whaler along with me and Mike Crockett on the wrestling podcast about nothing. They bring an insider perspective because they've worked in the business. But they were also fans, of course, growing up in the Hulkamania era. So it's a nice blend. Good show. Check it out. WPAN, the wrestling podcast about nothing. Now also check out, if you like podcasts that are hosted by one man. Right. Just one. Pete Winston hosts Greetings from Allentown. And that's a one-man show. Critically acclaimed. Critically acclaimed. Village Voice is all talking about it and all <laughs> that. Slate. Yeah. Uh, paste. I don't know. what. <laughs> yeah. All, all the magazines that Glue. Are, are really hot. Pasta magazine. Pasta Mania magazine. Yeah. Rates it the number one podcast of the year. Check out Greetings from Allentown. It's hosted by Petey Winston. He takes an episode of old wrestling, kind of like we do, but he stretches it throughout 90, 105 minutes, and he'll throw in these anecdotes and weird asides and non sequiturs in a way that it's you're going to forget you're listening to a wrestling show. Yeah, I mean, the show is almost as long as these uh, promos here. <laughs> so check out Greetings from Allentown. GF Allentown. And then also, if you like your retro wrestling slide about you sauce go south of the mason dixon line check out our southern fried brother in the unprofessional wrestling podcast it is booking the territory with mike mills they quinn generally fuck us on the smoky mountains yeah and the nwa which is totally generally not what our field of expertise is um, generally no but i mean maybe today maybe be, today maybe, maybe we'll crossover we'll, we'll see we'll go crossover there so check out our three friends of the show we're talking about the wrestling podcast about nothing. Greetings from Allentown and booking the territory. Now, Quinn, speaking of territories, right? One of your personal favorite territories. I have a favorite territory, believe it or not, folks. And this was your pick because no. I know how much you love the Fuller's Continental Championship Wrestling down it's, in Alabama. It's amazing. In Tennessee. I, I don't think I've ever seen a bad episode of this show in my life. Uh, thus far, I have not either. And we've watched a couple now. We've watched several. I've watched Definitely. some on the side so without I. you. Ooh. So have I. It's very good. I like it. Yeah. Uh, now, this territory, this was an NWA territory that was originally known as Southeastern Championship or Gulf Coast. And one of the people initially involved with it was a guy named uh, Roy Welch. And he also worked with uh, Leroy McGurk, Mike McGurk's oh, Mike dad. Mike McGurk's dad. Yeah. But eventually, uh, Ron Fuller, not Rob, right? not Colonel Parker, Ron Fuller uh, took over the territory in the early 70s. And owned it throughout most of the 1980s before finally selling it ultimately to the guy that I believe still like owns it somehow. David Woods like owns the footage production. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember the name of the company, but yes, it, I think he owned the television the station television, that yeah. this crap was on. And this was an NWA territory. 
And as such, there was a lot of crossover with some of the primary NWA stars, announcers. Yeah, I mean, Ric Flair is like in the first episode of the like Continental Era, if I recall. Yeah, the 85, I think it was, yeah, 84 that, or 5. That, it's cool that they like rebranded it and everything. I always like yeah. that. Yeah, it was Southeastern Championship. And then in 1985, I'm doing this offhand, but I think it was 85. They rebranded yeah. it to Continental Championship Wrestling. Yeah, if you look up the first episode of CCW, actually, that's the, like, Ric Flair kicks it yep. off for Continental. So it was a, a fun little territory. From yeah. everything I've seen of it, there's been... We we did the I'd Like to Talk to Tom episode, which is one of the most famous ones, I guess. We did a random one when we first tried it, yep. too, and that's what sold us on it. Was yeah. We were just like, what the fuck? This yeah. is amazing. Yeah, and this is right in the middle of, like, a regular period for them, towards the end, but not quite. Uh, we're doing Continental Championship Wrestling from September 12th, 1987, Michael Quinn. Ah, Continental, the little promotion that could, right? It really could. I mean, yeah. what could it's it do? It's a shame that it didn't have any money. That's the thing, because this will be probably, folks, for the most part, a very reverent review, mm-hmm. because this was a good show. Right. This was a fun show, and... It didn't appear that way at the beginning. No, no, but- it starts off rather inauspiciously, but one of the great things about it, right before we get into it here, is that... There's always something fun, I've noticed, in every episode. A good bit of storytelling. They're always trying to do something. It reminds me of the early ECWs yes. a lot. And like, in a lot of ways, it's referred to as a precursor to that. Right, yeah. Like, that they're always trying to do something. Pushing like, the envelope a little bit. Every a single little. match, too. It's not just like, yeah. it's not just like you know, once an episode. No, right. it's like every match, they're trying to end it with like, oh, fuck, did you see that? Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so, we actually have a cold open here with Gordon Souplay. He was the main announcer for right. Continental. And he's at the desk, and he warns us that <laughs> Doug Furness is going to be his what? color commentator the later. Furness yeah. LaFont? Yeah, Furness LaFont. Also, I'm going to have Doug Furness with me as my guest commentator. Can't wait for that one, Gordon. Yeah. Gordon looks like he's giving a telesermon at the new <laughs> desk uh, here since we've been since since we've been back from right. Continental. This desk is really, like, seriously, like, he could be doing Sundays. In the book of John. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> our first match uh, is going to be a six-man tag, and we go right to the ring, and our ring announcer, Cat Collins. Nearly empty arena, yeah. sadly. Yeah. And also, the quality gets all dumpy at this point. Yes. Really dumpy on the tr- tape or whatever. I had to turn the volume, like, way up I was to be messing around with my tracking. Um, <laughs> yeah. Trying to get tracking. it to... Tracking. Oh, yeah, the tape. Yeah, it's a tape, right. I mean. And beta, too. Yeah. That's the thing. Oh, we God. only have one beta VCR. Sometimes you gotta... <laughs> that beta shit. I know. <sighs> beta carotene. Yeah. Cat Collins introduces the Wild Bunch. Uh, that is the team of Lord Jonathan Boyd, the Golden Boy Mike Golden, great nickname, yep. and Dr. Tom Pritchard, one of my favorites. I'd like to talk to him. <laughs> I'd like to talk to him, too. Uh, they enter to pretty cool here. They're pushing the envelope with the uh, commercial music, too. Right. Wanted, Dead or Alive by Bon Jovi, uh, for reasons, I guess. All slowly and, like, shittily, the it's entrance. so dark and dumpy, <laughs> yeah. and I love it. Yeah, like, with that song going, they're, like, waddling to the ring. It's like seven people in the crowd. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it's so bad, and it's good, yeah, you know? It's, I like that they just, they own it. You yeah, know? They, they own they, it. They know this is a piece of shit, <laughs> yes. but they're gonna, like, make it amazing. Right, right. And the entrance was so, like, slow and dumpy in the way it was shot, like, Quinton, it just bothered me how, like, how dumpy it was, but like, not... They, they didn't care. They didn't care. There's also a proud Coca-Cola Banner on the ring skirt. I I'm always a supporter of that. Yeah, I'm not, of I'm not, I didn't even complain about that in my notes. So I'm not going to say anything. Well, of course, this looks very like a ring was set up by the beach or something. Like, why does it look like a beach banner? Yes, yeah, it does. Right, it does. Like, yeah, there's a tiki bar nearby. Yeah. <laughs> The uh, ring, uh, the music, excuse me, abruptly cuts off. No fade or anything. Well, <laughs> they I don't, don't know what time for that. I don't think they have a mixer. I think they just have a tape a player button. and a stop button. Yes, <laughs> and a microphone up to the speaker. Right. Uh, their opponents now, 
or the Midnight Rockers, first of all, what? And yeah, what? <laughs> your personal favorite Quinn, the Nightmare, Danny Davis. Oh, yes, him, the <laughs> Mr. Blob face, yeah. even though he's the paint with just like, I don't know, it's like Gak on his face or something. Now, that's not, if you're newer, folks are unfamiliar, that's not the referee Danny Davis. No, 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 this is just one that nobody cared about, Danny Davis. This <laughs> yeah. is like another Danny Davis. It's a nightmare, but yeah. he's like one of the major stars of Continental uh, for some fucking reason. He like, stinks. Yeah, he's, I'm sorry. It's weird he's because not everyone's good. good but him. He sucks. Yeah, and they like hype him so much. He's terrible. Uh, I love this, and this was their song in the AWA too, I think, and also their WWF debut, the the music here is Living After Midnight by Judas Priest, which I love that song. Again, I mean, it's good music, yeah. and it, again, it feels like if ECW existed in the 80s. Yeah. Like, this is the music they would choose rather than, you know, the dark right, dark right. metal music yeah. or whatever they did. <laughs> yeah, dark metal. Yeah. Uh, and they also really enter, like, all slowly and weirdly also, which is weird for the rockers. There's too many people in the ring also. It looks like it's gonna, like, fall apart. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, yeah, I, I'm, like, concerned about the ring more <laughs> yeah. than the wrestlers. The integrity of the actual ring, yeah. right? <laughs> the rockers have their sunglasses on, orange pants. Danny Davis looks the same as usual. Good lord, Quinn. There's a lot of production miscues going on here, because the song cuts off again, but Gordon's just silent for, like, a minute literally it's all maybe he thinks it's still on (laughs) maybe he's got delayed hearing i don't know (laughs) he's gordon he could have problems he's old as hell i'm drinking a whiskey (laughs) how old is gordon here like 73 what what oh no he's probably he's 59 he doesn't look like he's 59 (laughs) (laughs) oh the whiskey i'll uh, do that for you yeah Uh, finally gordon is here and talks and mentions that uh we're coming direct from the birmingham alabama state fairgrounds coliseum there and then this has to be a rib i I can't i couldn't even believe he said this because he deadpans and he calls this like this dirt fest here he's like that's a it's a beautiful building he's like you really gotta come out and see it (laughs) we're coming to you directly from the birmingham alabama state fairgrounds coliseum a beautiful building if you've never been here uh fantastic seating and, and we're literally like staring at a dump yeah. like, i swear literally it's like a pan out shot of this yeah. this horrible just, like this dirty arena that you might not want to take your children to right you could and smell the like, moisture yeah <laughs> you could smell it through the tv right. and he's like oh it's a beautiful building like, like, old dead pen yeah and he, and he keeps going on and on about it too it doesn't like just end on like a it's not in like an offhand comment no! like he's selling the building yeah it's unbelievable uh everyone fucks around to start here as the heels argue about a flag the new zealand flag or right. some crap the void has it doesn't matter we're still still like could we here? Very Memphis, we- <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, Pritchard and Michael start corner whip by Dr. Tom, and he tries again, but Janetti breaks it up. By the way, these are the worst camera angles ever. <laughs> I feel like we're like 50 feet away from the ring. <laughs> like, the thing is, like, you don't watch TV to sit where the fans <laughs> and the bleachers are. Right, yeah. Like, you're supposed to get an up close and personal right, look. Yeah. What it's, is that about? That one hard camera view or whatever it was is, like, so it's far like away. The, it's like the best view they have because the other ones are, like, practically, like, in the ring or something. So the, everything looks all fucked up. Yeah, it's true. You're right. Yeah. Boop by Sean and Tom accidentally whip Sean into Jonathan Boyd. And Dr. Tom and Boyd have words for a while, but then we have a nice Rougeau-esque hug on the outside. Right, right, right. Of course. They're, they're, all, cute. they're all friends here. Uh, Dr. Tom is still in with Sean. We get a lockup and an arm ringer by Tom and a tag to Boyd. But Boyd immediately steps out of the ring and gives Dr. Tom a hard time for whatever reason. Gordon, thankfully, still by himself. Good. No furnace LaFon yet. Yeah, good. <laughs> Richard explaining, hey, wait a minute, man. That was not my fault. 
Boyd comes back in now uh, with Sean Nichols, and he kicks some ass. Side headlock and attack to Dr. Tom, who slugs away, but so does Sean. Irish whip by Michaels and a shoulder block. Pritchard tags Mike Golden, who has yellow tights, of course. Get he's, it? So, he's so golden. The golden boy, Mike Golden. Like, <laughs> <laughs> How many gold? Yeah, I know. Isn't there like another golden in this, like, yes. in something else the, later the in the show? Golden. Yeah, the better I, golden. I was actually confused by that because I was like, this guy's in the wild bunch, and then there's like another there's thing. Jimmy Golden. Yeah, and I was like, are they the same or know. are they brothers? What is this? I wonder if they were KFA brothers. Like the way Eddie Graham and Billy Graham are in the same family, like but no one mentions it. Yeah. The way Ric Flair is in Anderson. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, Pritchard tags Mike Golden. Uh, lock up side headlock by Sean. He grinds it in. Most of the cameras, Quinn, the handles, they need to be like wiped off or something. There's like it's grease on them. It's, it's dirty. It's so like it's, Benjamin more paint on. I wonder him. if it's one of those situations where just the camera being there, it just gets dirty from like the air of this dump. <laughs> so Maybe. bad. It's bad. Uh, this headlock is so shitty that Gordon doesn't even know what to call. More like a rear headlock. Yeah, he tries to like <laughs> spice it up or something. I don't know what he's saying. I got to say, before we even finish the match here, I'm going to pull a gorilla monsoon at WrestleMania six. The Rockers looked lethargic here. Oh, you thought so? they did nothing rockerish. Oh, I don't no know. High flying. There no was some stuff. Near, uh, Rare. Sean was doing things. A Marty little. didn't do anything because I mean he's I probably higher as he usually is. You know what Sean has said though, and uh, more than Why once. Why were they here? I don't. How long yeah, did this well, last? <laughs> good timing because I did want to make sure we brought this up. This was after the first, like the big good AWA run. Remember okay. where they had the big feud with uh, Buddy Rose and Doug Summers and Sherry yeah. managed them and all that? Was there nasty boys involved too? I, I don't know. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. And then they had the two-week stint in WWF. Oh, this is after that. This is after they got fired. <sighs> and Sean and Marty were like so depressed that they had to like do this well, and I live mean, in Alabama. Look, look no offense. This. Yeah. No offense to anyone that lives in Alabama. No offense to Alabama, we're but sorry. also look at this place. Yeah. So better, it's crazy bad. <laughs> thankfully, better times would be ahead for the Rockers. If you I know? was them, I'd be like, everyone fucking loved Continental. I would have was, embraced it. Yeah, no, but in all seriousness, it had a reputation for being like a party territory. Well, yeah, I'm yeah. sure it did, right? Yeah, it really did. Like, yep. everyone loved it. And the travel was supposedly, uh, supposedly like amazing because it wasn't anywhere. long. Yeah, they didn't yeah. go that far. Crisscross City here, leapfrog by Sean and the nice atomic drop. As Michaels has tagged in Janetti now, who lends a fist drop from the top. That's rockerish, I'll give you that. A uh, snapmare into a rear chin lock as the crowd barks for some reason. I, like, I'm not going to ask questions <laughs> about the continental crowd. Uh, Danny Davis is uh, in now off the top rope, and now Danny Davis is the legal man. By the way, Mr. Globface, <laughs> no glob tonight. What's yeah, that about? That's better than he usual. He usually make- has his glob, gack. though. <laughs> yeah, a gack face or whatever he is. <laughs> Golden backs Davis into the heel corner, but he fights out to a very mild pop. All six men are in now, but Gordon doesn't even bother to call it a pier sixer or anything. He's like, well, they're fighting. It's chaotic. <laughs> yeah, let's Gordon just put it that care. way. It doesn't matter. Michaels are the sleeper on Doctor Tom, but Boyd comes in from behind to break. By the way, Boyd is like the poor man's butcher Vachon. <laughs> he looks like crap. Like, but he's just like you know, bald with a goatee, like butcher <laughs> Vachon. Very butcher or or mad dog Vachonish, right? Just yeah. very generic looking. Looks like nobody that would ever get hired by WF. No, ever. no, 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 ever. no, no. And I he's look- kind of like CW Anderson, like. <laughs> Sure. It's also like, on Anderson, remember yeah, he, in kayfabe. Yeah, sure. He can wrestle good, but look at him. Yeah, and, look and at like him. WF's like, we're not. We they hired him like for that one time when he like appeared on the first ECW like reboot or something. Oh, six or whatever. And he never came back again. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up Boyd, by the way. He wasn't much in the U.S., but he was the um, 
sometimes the manager for the sheep herders, the bushwhackers. Oh, I see. That's about all that I... I guess he donned the trunks tonight. Maybe so. Yeah, maybe there's a part-time wrestling appearance in Alabama for some reason. Alabama. Alabama. Uh, meanwhile, Davis is on the outside. Golden's in the corner with Janetti. Pritchard holds Michaels for Boyd to nail him from the top, but Sean moves and Dr. Tom gets nailed by Boyd Uh-oh. instead. Uh-oh. Boyd gets knocked out of the ring as Janetti lands a drop toehold into a front face lock on Golden. Meanwhile, on the outside, Boyd and Tom get into a shoving match, and as they start to get all huffy, Gordon's like, uh, let's take a break here. When, uh, <laughs> what a we'll, great yeah. <laughs> what a great time. We'll see if we can get this uh, situation ironed out. And then <laughs> the bumper music, I thought this too, I know you noted it, it sounded like Jimmy Hart singing, right? Yeah. Let's see if we can get some order restored. We'll be back. We'll be back after we get this situation ironed out. She don't ever stop you know, around the clock. She keeps Not get it out of my head. Like I sometimes I like walk around my apartment and I just go, baby, baby, baby. Like, do you really? Yeah, because it's just like I don't know. Like it's just some dumb thing. I got like that dark room and all. Yeah, this house. It's very. It it sticks with you. I don't know. Oh, baby, I love you. Yes, I do. If you're looking for it, folks, it's on uh, Global Warfare, yeah, which is on the network, I which think. Which we so you, also reviewed. Yeah, which you did a live review of, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're back now. Gordon mentions that no one's won the match yet, and now Tom Pritchard is covered in blood, which I didn't, you know, he busted wide when open. When did that right? even happen? I don't know. Like, because, yeah, they were just like, magically, he's bleeding. <laughs> yeah, during the break, I guess. I, was that supposed to be from the miss, I guess? Maybe, right? Yeah. Or maybe Boyd busted him most yeah. open on the outside. Uh, but Pritchard's in now with Janetti, and he lands a body slam, but misses an elbow drop. Janetti gets two off a of snapmare. Roy George is our referee, or maybe cool. it's Boy George. I don't know. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Roy George. Boy George would be a better name for the ref, honestly. <laughs> Do you really want to pin me? Roll Great reverse voice. <laughs> Great singing voice. <laughs> Rolling reverse cradle by Janetti gets two. Tag to uh, Davis here, who lands a body slam for two because it's not 1949 we don't right. pin people with body not slams fucking continental yeah, we don't exactly gotta, like, kill him yeah he's bleeding yeah. he's bleeding uh, arm ringer and a tag to sean who lands a nice hammerlock body slam for two and then a nice snap suplex by sean gets two you mean suplexa <laughs> suplexa it's one of the better better gordon <laughs> Better than Gordon with you that. You think it is, actually? Yes. Suplexa. <laughs> Suplexa. Suplexa. What was that, Bruno? Suplexa. <laughs> Better than Gordon. You think so, huh? I, I don't like well, suplex. Suplex is how you say it in the real move or something yeah, but in I, French. I, I rather prefer it. Suplexa. Suplexa. Uh, Danny Davis is in now, and he lands a shoulder block off the ropes for two. Boyd comes in now, tosses Sean out of the ring. Meanwhile, Janetti gets his ass kicked by Golden. However, Sean's back off the top, lands a fine body press on Boyd. I love the finish. He trips over Pritchard and good. gets pinned for the win. Rockers and Davis win. Nice ending, and the Tom versus Boyd shit seems like it's going to be fun, or, yeah. or it is fun. I yeah. don't, there seems to be some history that they... Gordon's like, I don't, you know, I don't know. Like, but like that impression's amazing. You know, you know what I mean, though, right? Like, yeah. that's how he acts the whole match. I know. Like, Very vague about it, right? Like, uh, I, I don't, don't know. Maybe I. Not uh, sure how right. they're doing. We'll see how this goes. They may not be on the best of terms. Right. Uh, the faces quickly leave now as Boyd blames Pritchard for what happened, and then he helpfully like reenacts the trip. What a doof. Yeah. 
yeah. like he does. He reenacts the trip. Uh, Mike Golden like plays Peacemaker very poorly. Did you right. notice that? Yeah, you yeah. can almost tell which side he yeah. was on. Right. Uh, so Pritchard finally shoves Boyd back. And Boyd swings, but Pritchard evades, backs away before finally landing a forearm and slugging away on Boyd and then on Golden. So is Tom face now? Is this what leads to like, I'd like to talk to Tom? No, I don't think so. I think he stays heel, but Wait, maybe excuse like, me? I think it might maybe it, the slow burn. Right. Because wasn't he face when the I'd like to talk to Tom happened? Though? Yeah, but that's a, that's in like mid 88. I what I was wondering is is this where he turned face like late eighty seven? No, that was when he turned face. He had just turned face when that happened. Oh, weird. Yeah. I guess he stays. You never know with Continental. He could have turned face and heel one hundred times. <laughs> Maybe. All, like seriously, like yeah. show to show, they don't give a shit around here. And let us know, folks, because we are not Continental aficionados. Right. Um, we're not experts, and I don't know the history of this we're the way fans. I do. We're, we're just fans, not yeah. aficionados. We're not experts here. Uh, so let us know. Also, if you want to find this, I know I can shout this channel out because. He is the number one purveyor of uh, the Continental stuff. It's Armstrong Alley on YouTube. Hosts all the great Continental stuff. Oh, yeah, stuff. definitely. Like, I, crispy Lettuce on you, Twitter. You gotta, set, you gotta give some credit there because that is a pretty comprehensive list of Continental yeah, stuff, absolutely. too. Absolutely. It's good. You yeah. can really, like, if you want to watch it from episode one to, like, pretty far in, yeah. you can do it there. He's um he's one of the Continental experts. I don't know if he listens to the show or not, but I know that we, you know, we have him on Twitter and stuff, and... Great channel, Armstrong Alley on YouTube, if you want to mm-hmm. catch this and all all kinds of episodes of this stuff. Uh, but anyway, Boyd and Golden now double-team Pritchard, and the bell's just, like, ringing incessantly, which is like, kind of annoying. Like, dangling. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's weird. Dangling ones. Yeah. Now they've got Pritchard in trouble here. They've got Pritchard in trouble. Pritchard in a lot of trouble. Double-team. Pritchard is covered in blood, sprawled out on the mat, as now Boyd has a chair, Quinn. Wait, what? I, I thought they were going to, like, pilmanize him at yeah. this point. The way they were, like, setting it up. Right? But yeah. now a headbutt by Boyd. Another headbutt. <laughs> yeah. Another. And Boyd actually sets up a pile driver on the chair as the bell is just lightly plinking away. Ding, ding, yeah, ding, it's real. They can't hear it. It sounds like a cereal bowl being could, banged out with a spoon. They could actually make the excuse that they thought the match was still going. <laughs> they could. You can't really tell. It's true. You can't. Pile driver on the chair as Golden tosses the ref out of the ring. Gordon, <laughs> Gordon, I love Gordon here. Gordon's like, this is despicable. So something happened recently with Ron Fuller, like all casually. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's all casual, like he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And like he's like, you know, this is going on, but I want to get to it. Like, I swear, he's like, there There was another thing as like they're beating him up. Yeah. Like, he's like, can we get, uh, I don't want to look at this anymore. Yeah. Can we move on to the next thing? Uh, something involving a company or something. Yeah, it's uh, so good. I was involved folks. with it. And they continue to punish uh, Tom Pritchard. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Something else happened earlier this week that I think uh, deserves a, uh, a a bit of comment, if I may. So we cut to this video package. I love this. He's at a table in a conference room with Rob, Rob Fuller, Colonel Parker. Right. This is Colonel Parker. Yeah. And a bunch of other people. So Fuller now is billing himself as the new Tennessee stud. Yeah. Allegedly like Ron <laughs> retires or yeah, something. He I, vacated his like studdom. St- yes. They his, do say that. Like stubbliness. He, they literally like they act like it's a title yeah, like, like it's an honorarium you know yeah, or like a nobility yeah. like a, like a like squire a duke. or duke or yeah i don't earl. know the earl of durrell yeah i don't know but like apparently you can just give your studness to <laughs> yeah, somebody else i guess so and he's been gifted the studness colonel rob uh yeah. so he's organizing quinn his new company and he says that he's going to be the president by election 
What <laughs> election? I don't know. <laughs> and the whole point he says is to have the finest crop of champions ever. <laughs> and everyone looks extra stupid in this in this lineup. Like everyone it's, is stupid. It's so good. We'll break it all down. So yeah. so Jimmy Golden signs the papers first. Not not the not other Mike. Golden. Yeah. Now Jimmy Golden you might know better as Bunkhouse Buck. Wait, that's Bunkhouse Buck. Oh yeah, I baby. couldn't even tell. I know because he looks different. Yeah, yeah that's I could Bunkhouse not Buck. even tell you that that was him. He is awesome, by the way. So underrated. So he signs the papers first, and Gordon and some guy Ron Wester like signing also as witnesses. And I love how Gordon is all, yeah, okay, whatever, yeah. like about signing it. Like, he doesn't even resist. Yeah, they're just like, we need you to sign the papers, Gordon. Also, and he, uh, like, okay. why? Yeah, like, and Gordon's just like, bah, whatever. <laughs> I'll do it. Fuck it. His his cavalier attitude is so good on this show. What is he here for? I don't don't understand. (laughs) To report on it. Yeah. Uh, So to sign the papers. (laughs) What does that have to do with anything? So uh, Jimmy Golden here says that Ron Fuller's organization was trash, but this one's gonna be good. This is so embarrassing, by the way. And even Gordon looks embarrassed. Uh, it's like uh, I don't know. Uh, hey. <laughs> I don't know. Like it, it, it is very embarrassing. It's so good. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Dutch Mantel signs next while smoking a cigar. Which, I love. Does that make it valid? <laughs> I don't. Know. And then Wildcat Wendell Cooley is next, and he's all happy about this as well. Fuller laughs like an asshole as Jimmy Golden is clapping. The whole thing is just a scene. Golden is dressed like a damn blues brother, right, like yeah. he's Dan Aykroyd. Dutch looks like Mafia Randy Savage. <laughs> yeah, he does. That's true. I'm going to whack him. Maybe not smack him, but I'm going to whack him. <laughs> and uh, Cooley is like in the full tux like he should be waiting tables at a French restaurant. Seriously. <laughs> he, he looks like, like the biggest doofus. I'm almost surprised, Joe, that he didn't just have the t-shirt with the like with the tux painted on it, but he, he went full tux. Does he, does he have a cummerbund? Am I, am I mistaken? Is I can't. He, Perhaps. Like, <laughs> like tails. I, I know he has a bow tie on. He's very professional. Yeah. And of course, Gordon just deadpanning everything. He's like, one would assume that what we've seen in the last five or six minutes is one of the most unusual transitions in wrestling history. I agree. Uh, 100% I agree. I love him. And then he segues into something about yes! King George abdicating. It's just, it, it's just as strange as King George and... In history, uh, Marie Antoinette. I love and I, it. And I just made that part up, but no, you know, know, he just names things it's like real. history. Yeah. It's real. Yeah, and then I love that they just keep referring to Rob Fuller as the new Tennessee yeah, stud. It's a title, Joe. I don't know how he got it. He bequeathed it or something. I, I don't know. But he has it now. It's all official. It's official. And it's all on paper, too. And as he blathers on, uh, Fuller, Jimmy Golden pours champagne for everybody, including Gordon, who's yeah. probably like happy to have another drink. Right, and Gordon just happily <laughs> takes it, too. He's just like, okay. Okay. Free uh, so, champagne, right? Yep. So they toast. While Gordon says, to those of you who know where I'm coming from, to Wallace Simpson. Why is he referencing Wallace Simpson? <laughs> so I was hoping... Here, hang on. <laughs> First of all, the audio stays on too long, so at the very end we hear Fuller say, that's it? <laughs> yeah. Before it cuts, right? Yes. That's it. But meanwhile, Wallace Simpson, I know you're going to have more info. I know who Wallace Simpson is. All right, yeah. Why don't you explain it, Quinn? It'd be well, even better she's if the you lady knew. that tried yeah. to, to marry um, the Edward. king. Edward, which is the king before George, before George which is Queen Elizabeth the current one's grandmother. I'm sure Correct. Richard Land knows a thing or two about this. But anyway, basically this motherfucker, they they were like, hey, this lady's divorced. You're technically like the head of the church, which is like, you can't do that. Right, right. And he was just like, 
well, fuck that shit. I don't even want to be king anymore. Yep. I want to marry this lady. And then he just did. And then he wasn't king. And then, I don't know, he might have been a Nazi or something. I'm not <laughs> sure. But anyway, yeah, that's who Wallace Simpson is. And I have no idea I why Gordon refers not only to King Edward's Wallace Simpson, but also King George. George yeah. <laughs> which I'm guessing George III from, like, way back in, like, the 1700s. I guess, like, yeah, he when the revolution was fought. Yeah, because he doesn't say which George, right? He just he says just King says George. King George. So, whatever. Right. Now Gordon's a uh, with Boyd and Mike Golden. At a church podium yeah, again, you know, don't forget. Yeah, the telesermon. Uh, as he, <laughs> Golden, hoists the Confederate flag. Now, Mike Golden stinks, by the way. Jimmy yeah. Golden's good. Very stinky. This Golden is bad. <laughs> this Golden isn't for you. He's bad. <laughs> Terrible. And they're basically like, yeah, Pritchard stinks. Uh, Boyd says they tried to make Pritchard into a champion, but now he's going to make him a hamburger. It's basically, fuck you, Tom, the promo. <laughs> they're looking at, like, the, the camera or something. The wrong like, camera. Like, the, somewhere. I, well, the uh, thing, with the, the thing is that they, I think they're actually looking at the ring, though, Joe, because... I don't know what they're looking because at. Because the ring is right in front of them, So, the, but they're looking, like, to the side, because <laughs> Tom's in the ring. That's why I thought they is were... That, uh, so they, but the way it all looks, it looks terrible. Like, yeah, they, it, it looks, looks bad. Like, it looks like, like you said, they're looking at a, bad, yeah, a wrong camera wrong, or something. But no, I think they're just looking at the ring because they, they show Tom still in there. True. Yeah, you're right. He is still yeah. in the ring. Boyd says that he's, uh, the Dr. Tom has been disqualified from the Wild Bunch. What is that? What? <laughs> That's not how this works, but okay. And then he just rambles a bunch of unintelligible nouns before laughing like bald bull. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> it's so bad. Gordon. Well, that's an interesting comment. You are from now on just Yankee meat just for us to be. <laughs> well, that's an interesting comment. <laughs> he doesn't care. It's I love so him. good. I love him. Uh, back of the ring now, like you said, a bloody Tom Pritchard is in there with Cat Collins. Right. Uh, he says that he may be a hippie smart alec and he likes the rock and roll music, but he's also an American bred and American made. That gets like a huge pop because like the just generic <laughs> like American. Yeah! <laughs> That's how you know he's a face, baby. American man! Yeah. Uh, he then quickly runs out of the ring, and we're back. We're Cat Collins now, who I should mention is dressed like 1993 Todd Pettengill <laughs> with the khakis. Introduces <laughs> our jobber, Chris Hertz. Is he going to sell us a car or something? Or rent a car to us? I don't know. What, who is this guy? <laughs> I don't know, but I bet he's going to be hurting after this. Yeah. His opponent is Dirty White Boy, and he sarcastically claps into the mic for his yeah. opponent. And he's in, like, all his grungy glory. Like, he looks like garbage. I love it. I know. That is that is the Dirty White Boy we like. Uh, if, Not a plumber. No, no, no. If you're, again, if you're only a WWF fan, or maybe you're a newer fan, Dirty White Boy Tony Anthony, well before he was even in Smoky Mountain as Dirty White Boy mm-hmm. Tony Anthony, where he's really good. He was awesome in Continental. Yeah. He would later become T.L. Hopper the plumber, unfortunately. <laughs> That's what you do with successful talent, Vince McMahon. Now, I don't know that he would have been marketable in WWF anyway. It's I don't know. Very but, Northeast, but... Yeah. But... They could have made him just like a big hick. I don't yeah, know. There what? was Uncle Cletus and stuff. Remember him? There was um, the Godwin. That was him. Well, oh, wait, <laughs> he wants Uncle Cletus. <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> Shit. So there you go. That's, yeah. that's the other alternative they have. Yeah, Uncle Cletus, there you go. <laughs> that's a, that's that, was a, a, that was a happy mess up. Yes, that's a very good mess up. Yeah. Uh, Hertz looks like a file clerk, by the way. Like, he, he, just, he ain't winning. Is his what? name Fertz? Because that's how you... T- <laughs> <I'm> just- <laughs> 
Furts. Furts. <laughs> furts. Uh, Long of an Anthony slugs and stomps down the furts, man. Uh, now, Doug Furness is at the desk, and he has a fucking eye patch on. <laughs> Wait, so is this is his last name LaFon, Joe? I'm so confused. Furness LaFon. Furness LaFon, right? My, um, one of my friends, when we were in... I think elementary in like sixth grade when really? Philip Philip and Furnace Lafon we used to call it well he did. <laughs> and I thought it was the funniest thing. I still think it's funny. Furnace and Philip Lafon is what he called Furnace them. Furnace and Philip Lafon. <laughs> and he like spelled Furnace, brothers. And he spelled Furnace like the heat the right. heating thing. Right. <laughs> like and a they, furnace. And his actual first name is Furnace. Yes. Furnace Lafon. It's amazing. Uh, but he's got a fucking eye patch, Quinn. Due to whatever happened last week, and for whatever reason, he decided to wear a striped tank top, so he legitimately it's looks insane. like a pirate. I can't even believe he showed up looking like this. Like, <laughs> how did he not get just like laughed out of the arena? What did he swing in on a vine? It's like a dumbass. I know. I legit laughed out yeah, loud. He looks so stupid. And then Gordon <laughs> says, "Despite all this, uh, he's the number one contender, or the king of the Thunderdome, or whatever the hell is going Only on." Continental, like whatever that means. And I love this too. You can hear wrestling going on but we're it just doesn't, it doesn't matter we're looking at Blackbeard over here <laughs> and he can barely talk like he should be doing used tire yeah we're talking a lot about him but we're not seeing the wrestling so we can't no. really talk about that either no we're hearing the wrestling yeah like, <laughs> some, some, some stuff is happening I don't know finally we decide to show the ring again where Tony Anthony has a shoulder block as Gordon decides to focus on the match for once white boy with a punch Furnace Lafon says that he's got another week with the eye patch on no only one more That's week eh? knee drop by Tony in a body slam Gordon brings up that it was ink or some indelible fluid that <laughs> caught Furnace's eye. That sounds disgusting. As Tony Anthony gets the win off of a flying fuck, who, I don't who know. Who the fuck knows? I don't know. I, seriously, who knows? That was quick, though, Quinn. It's my kind of jobber match, yeah. though. I mean, like, Real literally, quick. he just beat the shit out of him. And yeah. So much so that we didn't even need to show all of no, it. No, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, back to Gordon and Furnace, who says he's been okay. And he's lucky that the, uh, the Thunderdome matches, but man, they're hard, these can matches. I, can I mention that what? he is so terrible on commentary? Like, <laughs> yeah, why is he he on is it? just saying nothing of importance, like as dirty as just beating the shit out of that guy. And he's like talking in the wrong part of the mic. He's like, yeah, I, I have an iPad. <laughs> yeah, and Gordon's like, this is nice. Or I don't, he just doesn't care. <laughs> Gordon doesn't care at all. I love him so much. <laughs> just keeps drinking. <laughs> So now Gordon reads a promo. This is a taped promo for mm-hmm. the upcoming Panama City show, uh, which is Saturday the 19th, one I week from now. I didn't write anything down about this. Don't worry, I got it covered, Quinn. Yeah. Saturday the 19th at 8 p.m. from the Marina Civic Center. Uh, we're going to have the CCW Heavyweight Championship match. It's going to be Wildcat Wendell Cooley taking on Danny Davis. That should be nice. The Midnight Rockers, uh, as Gordon says, the Midnight Rockers and Rollers. Well, wait, that's her name? Yeah, that's what he said. Okay. They're going to take on Rob Fuller and Jimmy Golden. That should also be really good. Which Golden is this again? The, the good one. The good Golden. Yeah, good okay. Golden. They should say good Golden. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, the bullet, Bob Armstrong, but just the bullet, the masked version. He's not a member because he remember he yeah, was like sorry. commissioner or something, yeah. and then he lost his job, so he yeah. had to go under to Scott. It's I'm real. not making any it's of this good. up. It's yeah. so good. He's going to be taking on Dutch Mantel. Uh, Furnace Lafon will take on the Dirty White Boy. This is a great card. Seriously. Not bad. Tom Pritchard takes on Mike Golden. Good. Kick his stupid yeah, ass. He's going down first, I guess. Yep. And Johnny Rich, I don't know who that is, takes on Jonathan Boyd. That That's... We're halfway through this episode, not even, and the card sounds good. Yeah. That's why this promotion's good. There's not a bad, there's never a bad episode. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, these are good matches. Yeah. Gordon then repeats the two matches over again as we cut back to Cat Collins, who is in the ring with Dirty White Boy and Dirty White Girl. Now, Dirty White Boy here says that uh, 
He's from Tennessee, and Doug Furness isn't. And also, that Doug Furness is dumber than a coal bucket, and then he better check with the check with his eye doctor about how dumb he is. I love it. <laughs> now, Dirty White Boy was great here. Uh, uh, just one slight comment on Dirty White Girl. Yeah, I swear she's wearing like an oversized like cat shirt or something. <laughs> I, I just I kept looking at her. I'm like, wait, is that? the actual dirty white girl or is this just some other friend of him it like, might be she just was like so lazily dressed i just couldn't i couldn't keep my eyes on it it's like a free t-shirt that yeah. you get at the giveaway or something it's like way too big or it, at the it, races no, no it's a it's a you know what it is it's a free t- t-shirt that a guy wins at a thing it's like a men's t-shirt Your he gives to his girlfriend yeah. and then she wears it and it's just sloppy just swimming in that yeah. thing <laughs> it's just a so, condominium it goes with the whole look of dirty white boy yes. perfectly yeah no i know i have to ca- say that about it that like trailer I to- chic i love yeah, it yeah. you know it's it's good yeah uh cat- <laughs> after white boy's rant cat collins glares at the camera and sternly throws the commercial <laughs> why like, is he throwing a commercial we'll be back <laughs> what is he you step in the ring with the white boy and i'll show you exactly what'll happen i will be right back to the ring now where gene miller is introduced like zero reaction i was like who <laughs> seriously no one knew who that guy was he looks like jack ruby with a beard <laughs> yeah. it's, it could be him it could be ruby i don't i don't know when ruby died in prison in or whatever 60s. yeah it was, it was 67 it was like right I think. after it happened right? yeah, but still uh, his opponent is the southeastern heavyweight champion dirty dutch mantel it's amazing that he's even a champion because he like doesn't even care <laughs> Now, his belt looks like it's made of poster board. <laughs> exactly. It's such shit. And as always, he's hairy as fuck. Right. You might know him again. We're just trying to cater to maybe some newer fans. You may know him as Zeb Coulter. Uncle Zebekiah. Uncle Zebekiah. Or, uh, Which I still like the consistency that only in WF he came back. They just shortened it. It like, is the same character, though, right? Yeah, it's Zeb. Yeah, it's Uncle still Zeb, him. Yeah. Like, whatever he is. His last name was Coulter. We just never knew that. Yeah. Dutch with some punching and stomping to start as Gordon Furnace talk about how dangerous Dutch is. More punching now as Bullet. Uh, no, is that Bullet? I, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. I think Bullet is on commentary. Bullet joins commentary and yeah. says. I was going to comment on some wrestling moves, but so far he hasn't made any. <laughs> he really shits on his wrestling. And it's true. He doesn't do anything. No, he doesn't. Uh, Dutch with more stomps and elbow drops and crappy Super Nintendo Royal Rumble moves. I call it like Hercules offense. Yeah, it like, is. It's pretty much that. Kick, yeah. stomp, punch, <laughs> and he literally... <laughs> He pins him with an elbow drop, Quinn. It's amazing. <laughs> he pins like, him with a regular elbow. This motherfucker, this guy doesn't even fight back. Gene or Gene whatever Miller, his name. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't do anything. Nothing. He just lays there like a fucking plank and like lets like Dutch do nothing to it's him. Great. Gordon's now with the bullet at the desk or the podium. Yeah. Bullet is very upset about how Dutch is such a fuck. <laughs> and and Bullet says that he's bad to the bone. That's such a dorky old man thing to say. Like, <laughs> say like just like, yeah, yeah, we we don't know that you're that old man that yeah. got fired. It apparently really likes George Thorogood. Yeah. <laughs> also. What a dumbass. <laughs> Gordon wants to talk about the Thunderdome and Bullet's like, yeah, people might get hurt, but fuck it, there's good money. <laughs> <laughs> I love the promo. It's so yeah. good. It's like, yeah, there's, you might get hurt, but yeah, find the money. You know, the we, money. We gotta do it. Purse money. It's like $20 probably knowing this company. <laughs> Gorilla would be proud though. Yeah. Uh, another promo, Quinn, for the uh, Panama City show. Panama! <laughs> Cat Collins is yeah. now with uh, Dutch Mantel. I love him. He's like, I don't have time for nonsense. And he proudly shows off his handmade I'm going to shoot the bullet shirt. Yeah, he's very proud of it. He's like, I had it made. And it's like he just goes on about it. And then he's like, uh, Yeah, Bullet has the Alabama belt. 
But uh, I don't want it. But you know what? I'm going to win it anyway so I can throw it off a bridge. <laughs> I loved this whole, like, everything about this promo. Just the shitty shirt. The fucking, like, promoting the shitty shirt. And that he's just going to fuck that belt. I want to just destroy it. Like, I'm just going to win it just to dump it off a bridge. It's so good. <laughs> now, you got an Alabama belt. I don't really want it, but I would like to win it just to throw it off a bridge somewhere in a big old river and be done with it. Ducks Mantel is so underrated or Uncle Zab or whatever. Whatever. These are all, all these promos, well, not all, most of these promos have been really good. Right, it's true. And they're all short, but they're to the point. Yeah, they, they don't fuck around in this company. They don't babble on about <laughs> The only thing that was babbling was that whole, like, thing with the... In the, the conference room? The conference room. Dude, that was intentional. But that was all intentional, right, yes, exactly. To make you, like, get annoyed. Right. You were supposed to be like, fuck these guys. Why like, is this so long? Yeah, you know, exactly. What are they doing? Sipping champagne. It was uh, ridiculous. I suppose I'll sign. Another very stern commercial throw by Cat Collin. What is his problem? He doesn't like the commercials. Back after this. It, come back if you fucking want to. <laughs> I, I know, it's real. A quick clip of old people feeding geese and now <laughs> yeah, we're back. It, it, we didn't get much of it, yeah. No. I wish I knew more about what that was. <laughs> now this match is for the United States Junior Heavyweight Championship. Not even the world, the United States Junior. Like, who gives a shit? Like, what is this? I don't know. I was very flummoxed by this when oh, I, yeah. this came on. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> so Larry Hamilton, the challenger, is introduced some first. Some guy named Larry. Yes, yeah, some guy I just kept saying. Is a... Uh, his opponent is the champion, uh, Scott Armstrong. <laughs> Looking very nepotistic today. <laughs> yeah, he's got a crappy blue singlet on as we get a bell and a handshake to start. Lock up back on the ropes, clean break. Circle lock up fireman's carry by Larry. Heads as are escaped by Scott. Both men are up. Another handshake. Golf clap. Circle, collar and elbow, <sighs> arm drag by Armstrong. Hamilton's up, a circle and a side headlock by Armstrong. Hamilton powers out into a wrist lock attempt. Armstrong pushes back and reverses. Hamilton bridges out himself. Look, it's clamped into the headlock again. Uh, look, they can wrestle, folks. <laughs> That's I don't want to see this. It's, what is this? It's pretty neat wrestling, though. No? Yeah. Mm. Push off by Hamilton. Irish whip. Hip toss, but a kickoff by Armstrong. Arm drag by Scott. Both men up. Handshake. Arm drag by Hamilton. Into an arm bar, and then a bottom wrist lock, according to Gordon. Never heard of that. Mm. Armstrong escapes with a drop toe hold and a nice head lock. Side head lock. Crowd is silent, but this is kind of nice wrestling, I guess. They're all taking a piss. The yeah. crowd, yeah. All, this is so boring. All nine of them. Point. Yeah. <laughs> they all came in one car. Yeah. Hamilton tries to escape with the suplex, but Armstrong hangs on. Back to the corner. Irish whip by Hamilton is reversed. Hamilton leaps up onto the turnbuckles, leaps back down. Armstrong moves, and Hamilton appears to have blown out his knee. Now, this is where this gets interesting. Yes, sir. Back in, and referee Boy George is like, hey, do you really want to hurt me? Checks on Hamilton as Armstrong comes over to check two. Now, what a fucking idiot. First of all, yeah, like, yeah. ow, you're hurt? You yeah. hurt your knee yeah. there, fella? I, I just needed to first comment on that, just yeah. before we get to what happens. So Scott Armstrong comes over, checking on uh, Larry Hamilton's knee. Right. Gonna roll up by Hamilton, a small package, and he gets the win! <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking schmuck! <laughs> oh, Continental, you never just went, this shit, this so had unexpected. me, like, fucking tricked. Yep, like, I too. was just like, is this their, like, attempt to, like, is this, like, how ECW did yeah, Cruiserweights? Like the real and, like, wrestling, right? just, like, don't care. Yeah. it's like, this is this is supposed to be the fun promotion. And then this shit happens, and, like, Larry's, like, all happy. He's, like, kind of just, like, laughing at, like, what, so a, good. what a fucking idiot. Like, seriously. I loved it. Well done, yeah, right? It, very good. 
And then he just continued. First of all, new champion Larry yeah, Hamilton. Larry, some guy named Larry is the champion now. <laughs> and then he just beats the shit out of Scott Armstrong after the bell. Gordon's right. all upset. Hamilton comes off the ropes, and now he. <laughs> this is the be- this is the best part. This ending. He fucks up his knee for real. Yeah, he fucks his knee up for real. So Scott Armstrong clamps on the figure four, which is awesome. And then Scott Armstrong. So the ref is like leaning down to like yell at him. Armstrong leans up and punches the ref down. That's good. Which is awesome. I as gotta he, say, this match oh. was, everything about this was booked brilliantly. Awesome. It was amazing. Serious. And also, I just have to say, yeah. Panama! Don't forget, <laughs> yeah. Panama! Because Gordon runs that down yeah, again. again. But now we're back where Gordon is joined by Fuller, Jimmy Golden, that's the good Golden. Okay, good Golden. Right. Wildcat Wendell Cooley. We promote again the Panama City show. Panama! <laughs> and Fuller's like, oh, those rockers, they stink. He has a really dumb pair of sunglasses on, by the way. I must I must say. Little baby sunglasses. Yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, we this is horrible. We cut to a promo in like an empty arena, dark, yeah. with the rockers and Danny Davis. Davis says nothing of that. Oh, I like oatmeal, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> and the rockers look like complete idiots, no, Quinn. They look extra lame like again it's i think they just didn't care or whatever they were all sad after like vince fired them yeah. or something uh, janae's like oh we're gonna get you tennessee dud yeah and the lame insults and they're like making fists <laughs> we're gonna and, get you ugh, <laughs> horrible just go away sean doesn't even say anything he's probably yeah, like, oh, yeah ooh, i'm not talking we flip back now and i this is very funny here gordon's still at the stable so they have like a response promo right <laughs> this is this is pretty funny and cool he's like oh, why don't you fuck off davis i'm gonna yeah, kick your ass <laughs> <laughs> and Golden's like, yeah, good, right. yeah. <laughs> Back to the ring now. What I don't. What happened here? Because I, this, this is so. This ending is very confusing. Cooley and Davis are all of a sudden fighting each Just other at ringside. Yeah, I, all I can assume it's like from like way before this. I guess right. It's like some establishing fight or something. Was something edited out of our tape that like that segued into this. For some reason, I have a feeling no. I have a really? feeling like because the way Gordon like says like oh we're running out of time or whatever he says yeah like they intentionally just plop this here so you would think you missed something maybe yeah I can't tell it's very continental of them because I think they do this in other ones where they're always going off the air to credits and yeah, like we've some seen that. shit's happening we've seen that so they just instead they were just they were very lazy about it here and they just like clipped to some other match right and then we're like look something's happening yeah and, like yeah they're just fighting as we go off the air. Uh, Gordon's like, all right, well, okay, uh, we're running out of time, running out of time, uh, uh, bye. And uh, that's it for the show. Overall, I thought this was okay. This is good. It was. It's always good, Connell, for like yeah. a fun angle, something happening, good promos. Right. I thought it was a fun show, ultra cheap yep. looking, but, you know, typical fun Continental, yeah. nothing like crazy. I loved I, it. I, I really enjoyed it, and I think we got a good laugh out of it, too. I, I, I honestly felt like it was like just, it was a nice break, and yes. it was good. The WWF we've been doing has been really bad lately, but I feel like everything else has been good. Right, the Florida thing. That was good yeah, last that was week. Okay. Yeah. Um, maybe next week we should, we should go back to the WWF again. I don't know. We'll have to see. Well, we don't know. Don't we'll quote see. us on that, folks. Could be, it could be bad. Could be bad. But yeah, I mean, I've yet to find uh, in my limited, you know, admittedly limited experience, I've yet to find an unentertaining episode of Continental Championship never. Wrestling. I've never seen a bad one. It is such a fun promo f- uh, promotion, folks. And if you want to check it out, it's on YouTube, like I said, Armstrong Alley, and this is the September 12th, 87 episode. 
And if you have more information about any of the angles and things like that, fill in the gaps for us. Right. We want to hear. We want to know. We don't think we know it all clearly. About Discuss it on the boards. Discuss it on the boards. That's right. And speaking of the boards, that's one thing. If you have a Facebook, you should join that because we would love to hear from you and talk to you about the Ratchel Wrestle. And you can also find us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can also email us. Don't forget to do that at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. And one thing, if you could, if you could leave us a review, that would be wonderful. You could do that on iTunes. I guess Apple Podcasts is what it's called, Quinn. Is that what it's called now? Yeah, Apple Podcasts. People still call it iTunes, though. Uh, And not only that, you can also, please, if you want to check out the Patreon, you don't have to donate, but if you want to check it out, it is patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But until next time, I'm Joe Murata. That is the Wildcat, Michael Quinn, and we are out of here. See ya. Well, one one would assume by what we've seen in the last uh, five or six minutes is uh, perhaps one of the most uh, unusual transitions in wrestling history when... uh, Thank you, sir. I can only go back to the days of, uh, I guess it was King George when uh, an abdication of the throne. And we have seen here an abdication of the throne with the original Tennessee stud, the Tennessee stud. Yeah. We now have there a ain't new no one. more Tennessee stud. There's That's right. As, you, as, as we have cleared up before, that my brother Ron Fuller, for years and years, and uh, he was calling himself the Tennessee stud, that the people have come to me now and that they have asked, they have asked that I represent that name of Tennessee for the state of Tennessee. The biggest, the toughest, the baddest, and the greatest organization ever put together in professional wrestling. Let's get these things up, Jim. We're going to toast the finest champagne. You do, Ronnie West. Come on, pour it down. Gordon Soley. Yeah, well. We're going to have a toast here, Gordon. This is going to be terrific. (laughs) To the finest organization ever put together in professional wrestling. Gentlemen, let's knock them dead. And to those of you who know where I'm coming from, to Wally Simpson.